Welcome to the Clone Saga Chronicles uh, 2.0 feed for, from SpideyDude.com. If you're listening to one of these older episodes, you'll hear references to our Podomatic website and a voicemail number, which is now defunct. So if you're a new listener who just found this uh, podcast, pay no mind to the links that we give out, like CloneSagaChronicles.Podomatic.com or a voicemail number. Enjoy this classic episode of Clone Saga Chronicles. Hello, everybody. Uh, in case you are wondering, yes, we are getting your iTunes reviews, your e- emails and voicemails, but if we don't make reference to them in this episode, it's because this episode was co- recorded a few weeks ago, and it's just being released now. It's a little late, but it's also a little long, with an extra long blooper feature. Uh, sorry for taking so long, but if you stay tuned to this episode towards the end, there is a very big surprise. Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see, clones. I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. Dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero, the Scarlet Spider it really made him angry. But the next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming apart. Welcome back, guys, to the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Zach Joyner, webmaster of SpideyDude.com. Joining me as my merry band of men, Bertoni, who does the clone pick of the day for the website. Hey, And Gerard, the reviewer. Hello. And some guy who's a sidekick on a, on a podcast called Spectacular Webs named Donovan. Hi, wait, what? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're sidekick, right? You're the sidekick. I thought I thought the other guy was the was the the host, and you were just the sidekick. Let's let's just review these things. The other guy said that as soon as you start paying for like bandwidth fees and editing, then you can upgrade from sidekick. Oh, so he's extortion. He's getting it. Do we get sued? Do we get sued for saying his name? Can we like not call him the other guy? Well, if we, if we continue to like besmirch his character, then we're like, you know, slandering him. But <laughs> anyway, guys, welcome back. Uh, this particular episode is uh, is got some exciting things like the Mark of Cain. That's Ooh, right, yes. the the Mark of Cain storyline. But first, we've got some emails. Do we have any voicemails? No. No, but we have an email. On clonesoccerchronicles at gmail.com. All one word, all lowercase. You can send us an email that way. <clears throat> hint, hint. We don't want any, we don't want any bunnies to be killed. Or do we? Or, you know. Is it or, bunnies or this week or bears? I thought it was bears. I don't remember. I, I can't keep track of the cute things I threaten. Yeah, like Miley Cyrus. Anyway, we got an email. It's from a, a good buddy of ours, Steve J. Rogers. He says, Mega Dittos, clone heads. 
just chiming in to let you know that if you don't change the song at the end, I may be forced to call in and quote-unquote sing it. <laughs> like it. You I wouldn't like it. With that, oh Jesus! I would love that. Uh, I'm not going. You, those of you that have heard him leave a voicemail know what his voice sounds like. And he says, "You wouldn't like it if I did that." Really, really, Steve? No, everybody would love if you did that. There's, there's, no, there's no sarcasm at all. It's not that the song is horrid. I mean, the singer doesn't quite finish the words. Instead of "no" and "so," it becomes "Noah and Soa." Okay, but it's just getting too much of a constant reminder that how much you all detest the current direction of the books. Now, I love running bits and inside jokes, but it it does seem a bit much to be constantly reminded in a podcast that has not a single thing to do with the current state of the Spider-Man titles. Just a thought. Well, Steve, we do appreciate that, not because of you writing and bitching about our closing song, which is, Oh, oh, it's magic! No! Never believe it. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to sing that. Anyway. Steve, it's uh, worse. I could have used the Selena Gomez version. (laughs) Oh, no. Why would you do that to my poor ears? But anyway, I have thought about it, and and we are going to change the closing theme to something a little more edgy. Edgy. But we are not changing the Balkan Skull theme because that's just genius. Okay? I'm sorry. All right. But... Uh, thank you for writing in to clonesagachronicles at gmail.com, Steve, and uh, continue to write in. Of course, any those of you that have never written in, write in, send us an email. Or you can leave us an iTunes review, which, sadly, <laughs> we don't have any this month, this week. Let me just, uh, can I add an amendium about the It's Magic thing? Yes. Yeah, just, uh, Steve, yeah, obviously, yes, we are uh, not fans of certain aspects of the current direction, but... Uh, just, uh, I didn't think that the inclusion of its magic was as much of a dig at as much of it, of it was just us having fun with it. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I, I don't think, I mean, yeah, like I said, we are changing it. You know, we're not going to fight you on this. You know, Zach talked, you know, it's kind of time. You know, it makes us a little bit sad, but we're moving forward. It's a new era. But I didn't think that it was as much as of a dig on the current direction where, like I said, just us having fun. And it just came from the fact that. We were kind of joking around about the It's Magic thing there in the Who Was Ben Riley thing. And it, I think it came natural. We didn't try and, you know, force it. Or maybe we did. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. We do have a uh, a new... iTunes review? Yeah, a new, a new iTunes review that was left. Uh, I guess I just forgot about it. <laughs> his, his name is Steve Orama, 77. He left this on uh, February 22nd of 2010. He says, a personal favor gives us five stars. It says, don't listen to the haters. This podcast is excellent. I look to, forward to each and every new episode. Having been in my Spider-Man reading prime during the Clone Saga and a huge Ben Riley fan, it's nice to find a co- podcast that is both respectful to the material and willing to take the time to go in-depth with each issue, unlike some podcasts which have covered the Clone Saga. My only wish that it was a we- it, is that it was a weekly podcast. To finish up, I'd ask the like to team the team a question. After who was Ben Riley? How long do you think it'll be before we see Kane again in Amazing? And when he does return, what might the circumstances be? To answer that question, Steve, that uh, I've seen some promo art floating around with uh, with Kane and very in the various other spiders pertaining to the Gauntlet. So uh, I don't know. And I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't be a fortune teller and look in the crystal ball. But uh, you know uh, that he might come into the, the gauntlet. I don't know. I mean, 
really, Guggenheim supposedly was the big Clone Saga fan and was a big the big Kane fan. So now that he's no longer on the books, it's going to be kind of difficult, I think, for these other writers to come in and write him with any sense of passion at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, just stay tuned. Uh, speaking of Ben Riley related Marvel stuff, I wanted to hit this up off the top. And I'll talk about this also at the end of the show, but um, recently on the Fireman Crawl Space, there was a posting of an email that Brad Douglas received from Howard Mackey saying that, we, uh, that he had submitted a Ben Riley ongoing series to Marvel. The pitch has been submitted to Marvel. The only way I think it's going to happen, folks, is that if we start writing in a letter writing campaign, and uh, by the time this episode comes out, I'll have a lot more information up on Spidey.com. But uh, stay tuned on there, and also check out Spider-Man Crawl Space. It does give you the uh, address for Marvel to send it to. My recommendation would be to uh, handwrite these letters, or possibly if your handwriting is atrocious, like, I don't know, mine. <laughs> uh, 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 type, type the letter out, print it off, and mail it off to Marvel. They'll appreciate a snail mail more than an email. Did you see the, um, like, one of the members on the board actually did um, a mail about it, and did get a response indeed from uh, Editor-in-Chief Joe Casada. But it was yeah, an email. It, yeah, it was an email. And I think, uh, I do appreciate the fact that he sent an email, and I think that was really good of him. I think if you send a snail mail, it's going to it's going to be, uh, the response is going to be a lot greater. Now, uh, the Blixburg campaign that I'm looking at doing is going to be really similar to Spider-Girl's campaign that they made the last time uh, that she was being canceled. Uh, around issue when they were, well, not the last time, but the time when they canceled it at number 100. And I'll talk a little bit more about that as the show progresses, but uh, we'll, we'll start talking a little bit more about that when we, yeah. when we get a little more organized. But I really wanted to hit that up, and I think that's really, really cool. By the way, yeah. Steve Arama, appreciate your email, but uh, for this to become weekly, <laughs> I, would need, <laughs> I, I would need a lot of help with editing, and we would need a lot of help with scheduling. So We need a lot of booze. Hey, but no, I, I appreciate that that you like this enough that you want us to be weekly. That's a compliment. Yeah, that's a huge compliment. I really do appreciate. That. <laughs> but but there just is not the time. We barely have the time to do this twice a month. So yeah, because somebody has like no life. I have a life. Well, it just involves work. Yeah, <laughs> it's all over Tony's fault. We'll blame you. Anyway, thank you, sir. Remember, if you haven't pre-ordered Epic Book Number Two. Pre-order Epic Week number two. Do it now. So, let's get to the issues. Now, let's go to Bertoni for the first two issues of Mark of Cain. Web of Spider-Man. Previously on Spider-Man. Well, Peter Parker went to jail for murder. But who is the murderer? Well, whoever it is, uh, they left some Mark of Cain on people's faces, and now it's on Jacob Raven's face, leaving him mightily confused. Ben and Mary Jane are spending some quality time together. And no, that not that kind of quality time, but they're worried about the baby. And Cain's watching everyone in the shadows, and I think that he's tired of watching in the shadows. So let's get to Mark of Cain, where we are now to find out what's going on. A press conference for the Peter Parker murder trial is being attended by various members of the press, including Betty Brant and Ken Ellis, and Ken Ellis is telling Betty to be objective, and she's like, no, Peter's innocent, I just knows it. But someone who isn't so sure about Peter's innocence or guilt is Jacob Raven, who's standing in the corner and his face is still bandaged, and he's pondering, does he really have the right man? Ben has taken Mary Jane to Trainer's lab. Did I say lab? It's more like, oh my goodness, it's like, it's like the Jackal's lab, and... 
Um, you know those little monitors that people look at their baby fetuses on? No, she's looking at her baby's fetus on a plasma screen TV that's the size of the house. I know. <laughs> it's being examined for irregularities. How did Trainer? I mean, I know that Osborne. Spoiler alert! I know that Osborne is like funding this, but come on. So MJS Ben, how it feels to be an uncle, and the lab is so big that nobody notices that Kane is watching in the shadows. Take a drink. Okay, the third Peter Parker is wandering around the empty house of Aunt May. He's distraught over her death, and he has a violent a violent outburst, destroying some wooden furniture. And then he runs off pondering what his clone, quote-unquote, has done to his life by getting arrested for murder and all that jazz. Trainer examines the results of MJ's test, and as she tells Ben that she's had enough for one night and she just wants to walk home by herself. But Ben, being a creepy guy that he is like he was, you know, in the YMCA a few issues ago, plans on secretly following her, but Trainer tells him to wait. He has further use of him. Over at the Bugle, Robbie's chastising Jonah for refusing to run a story on Peter and secretly paying for Peter's lawyer, because that's not the Daily Bugle way, that's not being objective, and Jonah tells Robbie that they can't do it, that they're going to refuse, and just tell him that it's because they can't be objective. And Jonah says, you know, look, Peter's up against the wall. You know, we, we let's cut him a break here and not cover this. Speaking of Peter, he's sitting alone in his cell grieving for Aunt May when an inmate who's been smoking in bed uh, catches fire. <laughs> he breaks out of the cell, saves the guy with CPR, smothers the flames, and returns to his cell, moving the bars with his spider strength to put him back together before the guard returns. Oh, yes. Yes, because he's awesome. It's, it's Oz, you know, Spider-Man style. People are, I mean, it's dangerous in there. You can, like, burn in your sleep. Mary Jane's abducted through a sewer manhole by Kane, coming, and she comes face-to-face with him for the first time. Speaking of abductions, Stunner grabs Raven and proposes a partnership to find the person who killed both of their partners. Mary Jane, back in the sewer with Kane, uses a water pipe to stun Kane by not, like, hitting him over the head with a water pipe, but, I mean, you know, turning on the water from a pipe. And he's like, oh, I'm all wet! And she runs <laughs> off, and she runs off, only to bump into the third Peter Parker, who recognizes her as Mary Jane Watson, not Mary Jane Watson Parker, and begs for her help. And that's the end of Webb. But, luckily, the story continues in Amazing Spider-Man, with some nice Mark Bagley art. Mary Jane isn't sure if she's run into Peter or Ben here, and it's kind of funny. And he explains that he's the real Peter, having been lost for five years. And Mary Jane's like, okay, either Peter's been hit on the head or Ben's trying to mess with me. But she's like, hey, look, I don't know who you are. It doesn't matter. But yeah, Kane's coming to get me. And Kane tells her to stay away from the third Peter Parker but he's because he's dangerous. But Mary Jane obviously does not trust a guy that tried to you know, take her to be one of the sewer people. And he has the third Peter Parker to protect her. So he attacks Kane and gets his butt handed to him due to his inexperience. During this time, Mary Jane has gotten away. Kane leaves the limp body of the third Peter Parker to go after Mary Jane. And then the third Peter Parker comes to, gathers his strength, and also searches for her. The astral form of Chakra, that little, you know mystical lady from Judas Travelers, you know, gang bangers, appears in Peter's cell, warning him of Kane's hunt for Mary Jane. Over at Trainer's Rat Lab, uh, Ben receives a phone call from Mary Jane asking for help, but despite Ben's protest, she hangs up, deciding that she's going to fight back herself and that she's no longer going to rely on masked men. 
So Peter decides enough is enough. He can't let his wife and unborn baby be at risk. So knowing the consequences, but deciding he's not going to take the chance, he breaks out of jail. He's about to cross a body of water surrounding the prison when Traveler shows up and calls him a fool. Chakra reveals that she's put an illusion of Peter Parker in his cell so that nobody will know that he's missing. And then Chakra teleports Peter away. Scryer shows up and questions Traveler's fascination with the spiders, and Judas makes a comment about how he and Scryer have, quote-unquote, walked the earth for centuries, which, dun, dun, dun. which is a big lie. Mary Jane takes out a gun that she had at her home when the third Peter Parker, now in a Spider-Man outfit with no explanation, shows up. By now, MJ has no clue what's going on, but she doesn't think that this is really her husband. He tries Spider-Man or the third Peter Parker. My God, Clone Saga, why do you do this to me? Tries to get through to her, and then there's an ambiguous gunshot. You don't know if she shot him accidentally or got scared and the gun went off, but she shoots the wedding picture and then drops the gun. And before the third Peter Parker and Mary Jane could go any further, Kane shows up, knocking out Peter from behind, and uh, considers killing him, but then takes Mary Jane back to the sewers, where she comes. And then she comes to asking where they are. The third clone wakes up as Ben comes, asking where MJ is. But to further complicate things, Peter Parker walks into the front door as they look around each other, and there's three very confused spiders going, If I may. Dun, dun, dun! Three Peter Parkers? Mary oh, Jane in the clutches of Kane? Arrested for murder? Sonner and Jacob Raven working together? What else lurks behind this fiendish plot? Find out next time on Clone Saga I was going for like a 1930s radio show, but then you just... I, I, thought, I thought you were imitating uh, William Dozier doing the Batman. <laughs> um, well, William Ooh. Dozier was uh, was kind of doing a 19, you know, 30s radio thing himself, so... Batman is being attacked by a styrofoam shark. What will happen next time on Batman? Sorry. Same bat time. Same bat bat channel. Will the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show up in the sewer because it's the 90s and crossovers are (laughs) awesome? (laughs) Why why is the sewer so effing big? Sewers are not that big. We're going to get into it. Yeah. Oh, we are going to get into it. But before okay. we <laughs> okay. before we do, uh, thank you, Bertoni, for that rundown of the first two parts. Now for the next two parts. Oh, uh, Donovan. Uh, Okie dokie. Spider-Man number 58. Um, all three Parkers are looking for Mary Jane at the Parker home. The third one maintains that he is the real one. He wants to go away and leave him and his wife alone. So he and, he and Peter start going at it. And by going at it, I mean fight. Ben tries to cool them down, but once he realizes that Kane's involved, Ben loses his mind and says, you know, they need to fight him now. He's the one who knows Kane the best, and, you know, he knows that they're not well-equipped to fight him, and, yeah, he needs to, he needs to find Mary Jane right away. Peter goes goes into a room and gets out scarce remnants of his black costume, basically the mask, the clothes, and the web shooters. And he and Ben go out hunting for Mary Jane. The third clone has disappeared by this point, but he's really following them anyway, so... We come back to Kane, um, who's hiding Mary Jane in this, like, random, I, I have my notes, random sewer cave. <laughs> and um, she's, she's, he's all kind of like, he's all kind of, you know, he's not saying anything. He's not telling her what to do. He's saying, that, I, I, don't want, I don't want you to die or whatever. And at the end of this panel, he says, I want, I want all that your husband has. And I know there's only one way of getting it. 
Oh, he's sort of kind of gesturing towards her. That's kind of that's not creepy at all. Spider Man and Spider Man and Ben are on on the top of some kind of random building, talking talking towards trying to find her. He says that if Mary Jane's in danger, she'll know exactly what to do. So they just wait while the third clone looks on. Mary Jane starts contemplating, you know, what is she what is she going to do? While Kane observes her creepily as always, and she thinks to um she she takes out her the special spider tracer that Peter gave her when they first had married, knowing that if she's in if she's in real crap and she'll. Activated. Then Kane freaks out. He sees the visions and starts blurring out, I can see Mary Jane dead. So she says, okay, for the sake of our baby, I need to let Peter know what's going on now. She thinks she's still in, the, in jail by this point, but she's starting to panic. Both Scar Spider and Spider-Man, um, there's, their spider systems are going off at the same time, so that they know exactly where to hone in as the third clone follows them again. Uh, they get down to the sewer, and um, Peter's kind of like, you know, Ben, get away. This is my fight. She's my wife. Ben's pretty much, no, this is Kane. You need you need me or else he's going to kill you. They go into the sewer and start following down while the third clone follows them and starts yelling at them again. He says, he's the real clone. He'll save Mary Jane and he'll kill anyone who gets in his way, which is not really like Peter Parker. Conveniently, he punches a hole through the wall and finds Mary Jane and Kane. So he flashes his spider light and they start getting to what I think Tom DJ refers to as punchy, punchy, run, run. There's a big fight between the three Spider-Men, that being Peter Parker, Ben Raleigh, and the third Spider-Clone against Kane. Kane pretty much, you know, owns as always because he's Kane. He rocks. While Mary Jane uses this opportunity to run away. The third clone chases after her and Peter in his black Spider-Man chases after him and takes him down quickly. The third clone reaches re- straight, saying that he is the real Peter Parker, as always, and he will kill anyone. He's starting to really lose his mind and flip out. Um, Peter and Mary Jane are like, okay, we need to get out of here, but their exit is sealed by Kane holding an unconscious starter spider and says that this ends here. Dun, dun, dun. So we get into... This is probably going to get out. Spectacular Spider-Man 224. At this point, <laughs> the third Spider-Man... The third Spider-Man clone, with his, he has his mask off, by the way, starts flipping out absolutely. He's losing his mind. He starts mutating. He's, he's getting unrecognizable that's, by this point. He starts just losing it. Everybody's like, okay, we need to get out of here. And Kane's like, you know, let me handle this. Then Ben, who was seen unconscious at the end of the last issue, snaps to and says, you guys run. I'll, I'll cut you off. Ben was basically, you know, playing possum, as Peter always does, usually when he's in a fight. But, uh, you know, Kane being Kane throws Ben into the, um, the third Spider-Clone. I almost give away his future name. And the Spider-Clone starts using powers we've never seen any body do unless you read Richards. He starts basically using the whole stretchy arm punch kind of maneuver and just starts flipping around. So Scarlet and, ben, Scarlet and Kane, I'm sorry, start taking on the third clone while Peter and Mary Jane try to get away. We cut back quickly to Scryer and Judas Traveler at the top of Rikers Island. Basically saying some expiratory plot, saying that, you know, they're going to, uh, they're wanting that the real Peter Parker will do the right thing in the end while the image of Peter Parker in bed in the cell is still being maintained. We come back again to um, third clone taking on Star Spider and Kane while Peter and Mary Jane try to flee. Peter is starting to have some regrets about leaving Ben behind, but he's still concerned with getting Mary Jane out of there. Ben and Kane kind of converse over how to take out the clone. Kane says she should kill him. Ben says no. Suddenly the clone kind of mutates into this a, a beefier, stronger, Hulk-like kind of clone with his face still messed up. And they're, they're, getting, they're getting screwed by the minute. Uh, let's, Peter and Mary Jane um, get out of the shower. Shower? The sewer. And she maintains that she's not, she's not, 
he's not taking her anywhere. She says that, you know, he needs to straighten this out. He need, he's the only one that he can do it. And for the sake of their child, he needs to clean this up, and, you know, straighten this whole thing out, which is kind of odd for a woman who's pregnant. But anyways. Meanwhile, Scarlet Spider does what can only be described as the maximum spider maneuver from Marvel vs. Capcom. Awesome. Against this third clone who's still flipping out and taking them, taking him and Kane on. Peter eventually joins the fray, and there's a big, big battle ensues near several cars, to which Kane eventually th- chucks a car, and a huge explosion happens. Scarlet and Kane emerge alive. There's no sign of the third clone. We assume he's dead. Ben offers Peter the chance to go back to Rockers Island and poses him because Peter has a baby on his way, and he's really, it was really, they're after Ben. He knows that they're after Ben at this point, um, Jacob Reeve and the cops. So he says, this is my thing. I'm taking responsibility for this. At the end of the issue, he returns to Squire and Judas Traveler to go back to jail and set right which was wrong. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, thank you, sir. <clears throat> that was the final part of, well, the fourth part of. Uh, Mark of Cain. There is a fifth part. It was the final part. The Mark <laughs> of Cain was just a label on Unlimited. Yes. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, technically there is five parts to Mark of Cain. Mark of Cain, part five. Unlimited, number nine. R- rundown by Mr. Gerard. That is all. Gerard, give us the rundown. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to warn you in advance, this is a mess. So anyway, we start in the sort of warehouse hideout of the Hobgoblin, who, by the way, at this point is Jason Massendale, not Roderick Kingsley. Oh, after okay. he gathers up a... <clears throat> hmm? What was that? Uh, I, I was confused by that. Okay, never mind. Uh, yeah, okay. Let me try that again. All right, so the Hobgoblin has gathered up a group of supervillains, who we're calling the Sinister Seven, I guess, at this point, despite what the cover says, saying the Sinister Six strike. He's brought Electro, the Beetle, the Shocker, Scorpia... Yeah, not Scorpion. Scorpia. She's a girl. No, 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 no. Lady Scorpia. I'm not going to say that. Screw you. (laughs) (laughs) I call her what I want. She's a crappy character. Uh, The Vulture, who's still young, uh, and Mysterio, they're they're gathering up to talk about the fact that Kane is killing off some of Spidey's enemies. So naturally, of course, hijinks ensue, and the Vulture sort of gets at Mysterio's throat and then finally fights a little bit with the Hobgoblin. Deciding to commence Operation Kane to kill, they decide to scout Kane hotspots, you know, where he usually shows up and grab a bunch of extra weapons. What? To go take off to do that. Meanwhile, Peter's going on patrol, still wearing the Scarlet Spider costume that Ben gave him at the end of Spectacular 224. And uh, he spots the Beetle, internal conflict, decides to follow him. Beetle flies through a building to get away and hurts a couple of people, which means that Peter has to, of course, stop and help them. He brings him out to outside the building to where the cops are, and as he swings away, he leaves behind a web sack that has a bunch of the pieces of the black suit that he sort of uh, took off at the end of that last issue. Ken mm-hmm. Ellis, there with the cops, gets a little suspicious. Meanwhile, the villains are, you know, sort of patrolling and showing their mutual distrust for one another. And P- and Peter goes home to where MJ is. She's kind of skittish and still toting a gun. And kind of when Peter shows up, she's a little confused. Doesn't know why he's wearing the Scarlet Spider costume, but Peter eventually convinces him that it's her. Meanwhile, that it's her. <laughs> Pete convinces her that it's really him and not Ben and or some other imposter that's pretending to be Peter. Meanwhile, Ben Riley's in prison, and he calls MJ using, I guess, his one of his many frequent phone calls, as the guard points out, who. 
doesn't answer and lets her go to the machine, but he's expressing how concerned he is about whether or not she's okay. Felicia comes to visit, you know, Felicia Hardy, of course, the black cat, comes to visit Peter in jail, but of course, it's Ben, and he doesn't quite recognize her. She senses that something is off, and she takes off after having a rather quick visit. Hobgoblin, meanwhile, back in the sort of where the villains are patrolling, Hobgoblin decides to call off the hunt, but Kane jumps him, wearing a very ill-fitting Spider-Man costume for some reason. <laughs> Peter and MJ hear the shots of the Hobgoblin trying to fight off Kane, so he goes off to investigate, as wearing the Scarlet Spider costume once again. Hobgoblin and Kane are fighting, but after a while, several villains come to Hobgoblin's aid to try to help him. They sort of dogpile on Kane, and he manages to fight them off. While all this is going on, Stunner and Detective Raven are interrogating a criminal overlord named Tony Prescott as to whereabouts of what Kane is doing. Peter intervenes in the battle that's going on, and he's trying to help Kane, actually knocking out Mysterio quickly in the process. And while all this is going on, because there's a lot of cuts in this issue, folks, Seward, Seward Trainer calls MJ and tells her to swing by his lab a little bit later to check out some test results. Back that's at the what, battle... Sure, that's what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> I was considering making that joke, but I didn't want to go there. Uh, Peter, back, back to where the battle's happening. Come Stuart. alone! <laughs> oh, <laughs> Peter takes out the beetle during the, the, the beetle battle. Oh, that reminds me, what was it? Was it Hop and Pop that had the Tweedle Beetle? Anyway, uh, Kane's about to kill the Hobgoblin and Peter stops him. Because, of course, he can't let anybody be killed because that's his responsibility and blah, 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 blah. The villains take opportunity to jump all of them, and Peter saves Kane and himself from an explosion caused by the vulture and the hobgoblin chucking a pill and a bomb and some other crap at him. Meanwhile, back at the Daily Bugle, Jameson is lamenting not having Parker around to get some pictures of the battle that's going on, and actually references it's the biggest battle since Maximum Carnage. Yes, he actually uses those words. Which, and apparently he's aware of the battle, by the way, that's happening. They send a rookie named Cole Cooper to go check it out. Electro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cole Cooper? Seriously? Cole Cooper. I mean, I just, I just, I'm just freaking out because there's a character in Night Night and now named Carly Cooper. I thought I was, I was freaking out by that, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'm like, hey, wait a second. Cole Cooper? Another one of those alliterative Stanley names, by the way, with the CC. Oh, yes. I mean, Anyway, there's a lot more to this story. <laughs> this is getting really tedious. Electro was taken out by that explosion that I mentioned earlier, and Spidey sort of wrangles up the vulture, so, you know, that's however many people down. I think there's about four people left. Right. Meanwhile, Mary Jane gets some bad news from Seward Trainer, which causes her to sort of leave in a distraught mess and crying and sort of runs off. Back to the fight, Peter and Kane take out the rest of the villain, and, and while all this is happening, Kane has a strange vision of Peter being killed by the Hobgoblin, and then imagines that Peter is the Hobgoblin and attacks him for some reason. Peter fights him off, or flips him off the roof, and then realizes, of course, that, oh, it's Mysterio that made him flip out and see me as the Hobgoblin. So Mysterio kind of gloats for a couple of minutes, and and Peter kind of thinks to himself, Mysterio never affected my spider sense, which, well, we'll get into that in a minute. And so uh, Mysterio takes off, and Peter decides to head home, you know, instead of actually wrapping up some of these villains and trying to bring them to the cops or anything like that. Elsewhere, Scryer visits the scene of where that Peter, Ben, and quote-unquote freak face fight happened in the previous issue and steals the remains of that uh, third clone. 
and sort of and then disappears. Meanwhile, Felicia reads in the paper that the Scarlet Spider left the pieces of the black suit earlier the previous day, and she puts two and two together and figures out that, ah, that must have been Peter on TV fighting those guys. And Mary Jane shows up at her door needing somebody to talk to, and of course, Felicia lets her in. The end. What a great issue. Don't forget the fact that Mary Jane is soaking wet, you know, and it's like, oh, come in. You know, take off your jacket, your top if you need to. Let's get you into something dry. What, what, what are you? You want to talk about Peter? Oh, we'll talk about Peter. Just actually, wait, wait. Actually, the <laughs> kind of swings both ways, right? Right. Uh, at this point, no. I mean, that was kind of well. Spider Girl brought it up. That was NC two, yeah. but but it was also in like the evil that men do. She like randomly yeah. mentions out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm a bisexual. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? Is this canon now? Just because Kevin Smith like put that line in there? Yeah, <laughs> and I love the. Uh, I want to read hype boxes that are in the. Uh, oh, do it! You got to do the, it uh, melodramatically too. Uh, on the letters page. <clears throat> okay. I didn't read this. And on that note. That's what they say. Web 125 on sale next week brings fandom what they've been waiting for. The return of the original Gwen Stacy clone. The story of where she's been and what she's been doing is guaranteed to floor you. This 48-page anniversary <laughs> issue also sports a special 3D live-action disc on its cover. And, mysteri- and features an important cameo by the mysterious new Green Goblin. Amazing 402 and Spider-Man number 59 bring you the full throttle return of Judas Traveler. Now the Traveler knows that Peter Parker is going to be a father. How will he use that knowledge to further his own agenda? Can Traveler actually bring Aunt May back to life as he promises? And what is the meaning of the horrific vision that he reveals to Spider-Man? And then, the very next week, Spectacular Spider-Man number 225, another 48-page anniversary issue with another eye-popping 3D live-action holodisc cover, features the riotous, full-force debut of the all-new Green Goblin. And believe us, this Green Goblin is like none you've ever seen before. And then, the the next month, The Trial of Peter Parker. Web of Spider-Man number 126, ASM 403, Spider-Man number 60, and Spectacular Spider-Man number 226 present the saga that will shake the foundations of the Spider-Verse like never before. This momentous storyline, which we will address the ultimate secret of Kane, the vengeful return of Stunner, Ben Riley facing Peter Parker's murder charges, astonishing revelations involving... (laughs) Involving Mary Jane's baby and, at long last, the revelation of who is the clone and who is the original Spider-Man. But wait, another hype box. Holy (laughs) Maximum clonage. Oh, yes. Players are all in place. The secrets are out. Now it's time for the Jackal's years planning... Spanning master plan to swing into motion. It's Spider-Man, Scarlet Spider... Kane and a cast of thousands, literally, in this ultimate battle for the fate of the world itself. And not everyone gets to walk out of this one alive. It all begins in Spider-Man Maximum Clonage Alpha on sale the first week of June, then continues through 
all of the June Spider titles, concluding at the end of that month in Spider-Man Maximum Clonage Omega. And finally, okay. a, a final hype box, next in Unlimited. A very special story by John Simper, producer and story editor of the Spider-Man animated series, as well as writer of a whole bunch of shows, and guest artist Sean McManus, focusing on the largely unexplored past of Uncle Ben. And how does it relate to Peter and Ben today? Find out in Unlimited Spider-Man number 10 on sale in three months. Okay, okay. You gotta appreciate such Stanley wannabe gusto. You gotta, you gotta give him that. <laughs> I love it. It's like soap opera. It's like, and then, the baby of Mary Jane and Peter? Who is the clone? The secret of Kane? In double holographic foil variant cover discs. Yeah, I love the Virtual holographic. reality, dinosaurs. I know, it's like, oh. if you don't read this, you're shit. Come with it's gonna come with pogs, man. Pogs. Oh, dude, no, no, it, 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 it's better because there's a full page ad for Planet of the Symbiotes at the very back of the. Yeah, there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it once was Spider-Man's costume. Now you can find out what what it really was, what it was really covering up. The untold. Oh my God, that sounds No, I'm. I didn't tell you this before, but let me tell you about it right now. The untold origin of the Venom symbiote as told in... Planet of the Symbiotes. Planet of the Symbiotes. In the pages of Supersized Amazing Spider-Man, Supersized Spider-Man, Supersized Venom, Supersized Spectacular Spider-Man, and Supersized Web of Spider-Man. I'm starting, I'm starting. I gotta read this. I'm starting to appreciate the the, the current era a lot more. <laughs> oh, oh, oh wait, because the and the, and the like the images like Venom, Ben and Peter all like trying to get tangled into the symbiote. It's great. No, they look like Gumby. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> They're like like they've been run over by steamrollers. It, it looks like Angel Medea. I think drew that. No, I, I know who drew this. It was uh, an artist by the name of Edram Shohada, I think is how you pronounce his name. No, 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 that's, that's made of... That's just made of... <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Oh, man. Okay, anyway, guys, let's give our thoughts on Maximum... Or Maximum College. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, <laughs> let's, give a, let's give our thoughts on Mark of Cain. Oh, dear. Donovan, let's start with you, because you're laughing so hard. Okay, well, <laughs> um, to prefix, I will say I, I do like, like, like the, um, the beginning of the very first part where it says, Stanley presents Spider-Man and the Star of Spider. That made me smile. Um, I thought it was, I thought this one was probably the um, weirdest one until Ultimate Number 9. I thought, I mean, it, was, it wasn't bad, but it, I mean, some things were kind of, I don't know. Like, I thought the art was generally pretty good. I thought that uh, there was there were some things that are just like just too comic booky nineties cliche like like at the very beginning where we're introduced to this lawyer uh, Grant Buckner I don't know it's like he's wearing those, those he's he's wearing sunglasses but they but they're drawn but they're colored like glasses and he's just so like Southern hick you know I'm a lawyer kind of guy it's just and then you see like the huge ass um, laboratory that um, Seward Trainer has like like. Josh was right. It looks like something that Reed Richards would have thrown away. I, was, I mean, it's not bad. It's just kind of goofy. And it's like, like, why is Stuart Trainer just like Cyclops? You know, 
Why, 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 why is there porno like in Peter Parker's cell? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's supposed to be his roommate who's like conspicuously gone, but it's just, yeah. it's, it's just, huh? I was gonna say there's a Playboy on the bed, and then there's a couple of like pit-up pictures on the wall there. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's not, it's it's I, I find it I find it entertaining. But there are there are a lot of wacky things like, like I'll get into King a little later on. But I thought generally this was a, an okay story. I just thought like the writing was really really stupid. Was, was this Kavanaugh? This was Kavanaugh. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. you know. Let me let me make sure. Let me make sure. Let me pull. It up. is. Yeah, it, it is. Because I remember looking and thinking, huh? I guess Kavanaugh decided just to chuck Gabriel Greer in that mafia storyline. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give this a straight C. It's it's not bad. It's, it's it's a good story, but it has it has problems. So straight C. Uh, Web. You know this one isn't actually half bad. I'm gonna agree with Donovan. It was just kind of meh. You know, it was kind of a mediocre issue. It's it's not the Oracle, right? And there was one scene in particular that I actually really liked, which was that uh Jonah Robbie scene, where Jonah's talking about sort of squashing the story, and Robbie's sort of like the journalistic conscience is trying to remind him, you, you know, you, you can't do that, right? We're, we're supposed to be journalists. And, and, you know, Jonah's basically like, squash the damn story, you know? We're, we're protecting this kid. He's one of ours. It's one of those rare times where you get to see uh, that Jonah really is just kind of, have almost like a fatherly attitude towards Peter, rather than just being the sort of blustery jerk that he usually is. On the other hand, those you know, pretty inconsistent, shaky art at times. I mean, Butler does... What he does really well is he does costumes, and he draws Spider-Man in costumes, cross spider really well. But he tends to struggle a little bit with faces. And, of course, in this issue, it's all people talking and faces and stuff. And so it was a little shaky at times. Um, a couple of the scenes really didn't make a lot of sense. You know, people, especially the people randomly getting snatched into sewers and onto roofs in consecutive uh, scenes. That was kind of silly. but um, And the whole thing with... Seaward trainer, like everybody said, didn't he just come to New York and he's like, oh, I have a, t- I have a lab there, and he shows up and this place is like some like mad scientist laboratory that uh, I don't know. But overall, it, was, it looks like something Reed Richards threw up. Yeah, it really does. Reed Richards like abandoned that because it was too low class. But uh, this is about a C. It's okay. It's not- not terrible, but not that great either. Well, thank you, sir. Web of Spider-Man. Uh, if you haven't been reading the Clone Saga and you need exposition, boy, does Peter give it on the first page. Like, he basically sums up everything, but he does it by saying, I can't believe. And literally, he's like, I can't believe I have a clone. I can't believe Aunt May's dead. I can't believe I've been arrested for murder. I can't believe, I can't believe, yeah. We were talking about Trainer's Lab, but let's also talk about his outfit. What kind of a scientist wears that outfit? He looks yeah, like he's... Right? <laughs> he looks like yeah. <laughs> Why is Trainer and, and 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 like looking at Mary Jane's baby on a TV where like the baby is probably bigger than she is? Okay, by the way, Mary Jane, she's like, oh, look at Ben, he feels sad. Let me say something to make him feel better. Hey Ben, how you feel about being an uncle? This is a woman who was in hysterics the last like two or three issues. Now she's all like, you know, to her senses and like, oh, Ben feels bad. I'm going to cheer him up. I mean, shouldn't she still be freaking out and everything? And I did love the Robbie Jonas scene. I really did. 
And I like that we finally have uh, uh, Peter grieving over Aunt May because everything was kind of happening so fast. Peter didn't really get a chance to grieve over Aunt May. So we see him in prison being like, I can't believe Aunt May's dead. This is really sad. Stunner, when she kidnaps Raven, she's like, I know that you have your doubts about who the killer is, and I'm going to help you find him. How does Stunner know that Raven's having these doubts? How does she know this? 90s? She's like virtual, and she's like a virtual reality hologram. So like maybe like she's like you know has been hiding in his internet. But but we don't know that. Yeah, I know, but like I'm like, how does she know? And she's like, I know you've had your doubts, and (laughs) it's like you do. I mean, what? Hey, you're kind of what? (laughs) Look, Stephen Butler's doing some good art. Terry Cavanaugh. Is horrible, but he doesn't look so horrible when you compare it to some of the hot mess that's coming up later in Mark of Cain. So I think I'm going to echo everyone else and say, you know what? I'm going to give this a B because there wasn't so much outright suckage as there's been in the last few parts. Uh, a B or a D? A B. Oh, really? I was going to say C. That's why I said I was going to do it. I was like, you know what? F it. Yeah, this is going to be. All right, sir. And I guess I'll give my thoughts because I'm awesome like that. Um <laughs> Man, this the, the Mark of Cain is a is a hot mess, but uh, it starts off pretty good. Uh, this is probably one of Kavanaugh's stronger written issues. That <laughs> that's like saying, <laughs> and then it's not because there's been some. I could tell that like once you started that sentence, you had no clue how you were going to finish it, but you had to finish it for the life of you. So you were just going to make up something, no matter how bad it was. The uh, I think this this issue was pretty pretty much fail. I, I uh, the uh, and when I say fail, it's not getting an F because it, it's really got extremely good art. I think the only thing that bugged me with this artwork was. How much of a roid head Peter Parker looked when he's laying down in the bed after he saved the person from the fire. Um, I, I thought, like, like the way his muscles are all, you know, ripped and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, he's like, he looks like a freaking roid head. So, but really, really good Jonah Robbie scene. I think this is an excellent, uh, excellent case for the. Uh, he's a he's a hardened man with a with a heart of gold. You know, once you get through like the sixteen layers of complexity um, and smoke, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to give this issue a C because it really didn't blow me away. I love the cover; they had some really good covers in this of this of this four parts. I, I like <laughs> full of lies. Yeah, I mean, kind of like I guess it's, that's why the uh, Clone Saga miniseries had such full of lies. Clone Saga oh. miniseries should have totally done holographic covers. I know, right? But we'll get it to that. Next. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get to that next month. <laughs> but um, man, uh, this is just a hot. This is just this is just the beginning of a hot mess. Now I know we we, we did web experiment individually. I, I, I let's for the sake of time, for our listeners and for us, uh, let's let's do the next three parts, and then. We'll do unlimited by itself because really, even though it's quote unquote part five, yeah. Mark Mark of Cain really ended with <laughs> with yeah two twenty four. It was a glorified <laughs> epilogue. Yeah, you know I, Gerard, give your thoughts on the uh, on the last three parts of well the next three parts. 
I'm sorry, uh, of Mark of Cain. All right, so uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 401. Again, it always goes without saying. Bagley is so good. This is like, this for me, this is his prime. This is the kind of thing that made me want to become a comic book artist for the brief time that I didn't want to be an astronaut or some kind of scientist or some kind of something else crazy like that. But um, So gorgeous art. Uh, I, I like that Mary Jane here in this issue is kind of being more of a proactive force than the usual damsel in distress character. I mean, she, she's telling this Peter to, or the third Peter to go protect her from Cain while in order to make a getaway. You know, sort of playing him as a fool almost. Because she kind of suspects that that's not really him. And then, you know, she has a gun and she's, you know, standing up to him and to Cain and stuff like that. I really like that. Um, the, the whole escape from the jail thing, I, I, I kind of like that a little bit. I mean, he had to think about it. And he certainly hesitated quite a bit, realizing that, you know, I might be hurting myself in the long run, but this is the better thing to do. And just overall, it was a pretty fast-paced, exciting story. You know, much more so. I think this is the best of the of all five parts. I'll, I'll consider that last one part of it in this argument. But the only, only thing I didn't like about this issue was that Judas Traveler sort of shows up and is almost kind of a... I don't know. I don't know how to put this. An unmotivated Deus Ex Machina sort of to the story. I mean, he's essentially only there to teleport Peter away from Rikers Island and to cover his ass that he's not there anymore. But I don't really get a sense that it's really important to the story, other than ooh, Kane continue or you know, Kane Judas Traveler continues to you know take interest in Peter. You know, it's not really adding much other than that line that he has to Scryer about them walking for centuries. I mean, that seems like the only thing that was important about his appearance in this issue. So I, I would give this one an A. I, I like this one a lot compared to the other ones. I think this was definitely the best of the, the five. Um, Spider-Man number 58 kind of dropped back down to the level of the, the web issue, I think. It was just kind of average. It was a, Again, the, the story continues to have a lot of momentum. And I like that. It's it certainly because it, it, a lot of the previous arcs did have quite a bit of padding, especially in the web and, and adjectiveless issues. But this one didn't. And I like that Kane is sort of played halfway. You don't really know if he's a really protective of Mary Jane in a heroic way, or if he's just an outright villain. He's a sort of half half good and evil. Like I like that about Kane as a character. That's one of the reasons why. I like him so much, and this is one of those issues that really shows all of them. But the the storytelling was a little jumpy, and, and the art was a little kind of kind of lousy in spots, and kind of better in other spots. So mediocre. It was about a C. And the spectacular issue, oh boy, um, <laughs> with the best art that any comic book has ever had, with the best opening page that any comic has ever had. Oh, man. I mean, the, yeah, that opening page. I mean. It, he just basically went from being looking like Peter Parker to being a, just like a turd in a spider suit, just like in between issues. It was just really awful. He got like convulsing and his face was getting all jacked up. And then the mix of just the pencils by Gusema and the inks just by Sinkevich are just really awful. I really hated the art in this, in this story, like you just mentioned. That's definitely my big con for this thing. Um, the, the, as far as ending story, it was kind of... I mean, this story was awful. I mean, it's basically them running around fighting, like, Spider-Hulk or something. I mean, it was really crappy. I mean, it was... It was 
I don't really see it because you you sort Hulk of felt smash. <laughs> I don't even think he could talk. He was like, <laughs> I am the real Spider-Man, the real Peter Parker. <laughs> I don't know what kind of mind game this is. As you've heard in the intro, but um, I mean, didn't you guys kind of feel that the story was going one way, and then this issue just totally threw that away? Like it felt, it felt like there was going to be a more meaningful confrontation, and then this issue just sort of tossed that aside for like a generic monster story. No, I really. Yeah. Absolutely not. This was going nowhere fast. I know, and and then they keep calling him Freak Face. What the hell, Kevin? What? Oh, I know. I have a joke for that. I have a fun fact about that. Um, (laughs) Tom DeFalco pushed and pushed and pushed for the Marvel writers for that to be his actual name. Really? Yeah. Uh, This is referenced in Life of Riley Part 7. Um, For those of you reading along. I, I like the fact, uh, and he say, this is Glenn saying, he just said, I like the fact that the third Peter Parker went down with absolutely convinced that he was the real one, despite all the overwhelming evidence to the contrary. Yeah. Tom, Tom, <laughs> just Tom like the Tom, Glenn clone. <laughs> yeah. But Tom, Tom the did a nice job with this issue, injecting Peter number three with a real sense of tragedy. He wasn't just a run-of-the-mill, morphing, wisecracking bad guy. Incidentally, Peter Parker 3 was referred to as Freak Face throughout the issue, and I remember Tom D. was pushing for that to become the character's regular name in the future. It certainly was no worse than the name that was actually used later on. More on that, we'll get to it. Overall, though, my belief was that once Peter Parker was revealed that he to be just another clone, he should have been disposed of as quickly and permanently as possible. He'd already served his purpose as a red herring, and there was too many variations of Peter Parker running around. We never should have seen, seen them again, in my opinion. Because we do... Spoiler alert, see him again. Anyway, continue on. I'm currently counting, by the way, how many times they actually say Freak Face in the issue, because I noticed that it was like every other panel. Ben yeah. always holding that. No, like every other like point of reference was like, yeah, but okay, go on. I count anyway, three yeah. Freak Faces in one page at that right now. <laughs> I, I will say the only pro I think of the issue for me was that I, I think Peter and Ben switching places wasn't... I'll give them that. Like, I, I don't quite know what Ben is trying to do there. I'm on the inside of his head. It, it didn't quite come across as making a whole lot of sense. But I, I liked it as a sort of a twist ending that nobody would have seen coming. But I, I, I'm going to give this one a D. I'm reserving the F for later, and we all know where this is going. Um I do want to make one mention, though, of something else that I thought was pretty funny. You know, we've been making fun of that how this is basically a four-part story and then another story that was tacked on for branding purposes. Check out the yeah. blur on the last page of uh, Spectacular. It says, be here next issue for a startling confrontation with the all-new, all-different, and still-deadly Green Goblin, plus a 3D live-action holodisc with Spider-Man on the cover. It's a giant-sized 225th issue extravaganza not to be missed. You notice something weird about that? It doesn't even mention that there's another part to the story. After we did Spider-Man Unlimited. <laughs> Every other issue mentions, like, you know, check out, uh, you know, Spectacular for the next part. Like, the check out the last page of Spider-Man, the adjective list. It says, the Mark of Cain continues in Spectacular Spider-Man 224. Be there. The last... Uh, the last blurb in the amazing issue and the complication multiplies it continues with one week in the pages of spider-man number 58 and the last panel of uh web it says 
Next, the Mark of Cain continues an amazing Spider-Man 401. So, of course, they, it's like they even acknowledged that that, <laughs> that unlimited issue had nothing to do with the story. So, <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. I, I actually busted a gun laughing when I read that. I must have missed like one or two. I may have missed one or two times, but on a brief read through right now, I just counted seven freak faces. Oh, oh good lord! Seven <laughs> out of ten freak faces. That's the rating. Oh. <laughs> That's, that'll be our new rating system. There you go. There you go. Okay, Bertoni, give your thoughts on the last three. Well, I say the last three chapters of Mark of Cain because to me, that's the, the last three chapters of Mark of Cain. Oh, I love how on the first page, when Mary Jane's confronted with a uh, quote-unquote freak face, who's still a uh, regular face at that point, she's like, Peter? Ben? <laughs> like, not sure who he is. Hey, okay, Judas Traveler, he like sends Chakra in there. It's like, yo, Kane's totally after your wife. You should do something. He's like, you're right, I should. Then he breaks out of jail. Then Judas Traveler's like, wow, you are an idiot. Why are you breaking out of jail? Dude, What? why are you doing that? It's like, you know what? You sent your minion in there to totally set him up for that. So shut up. Uh, that whole thing about walking the earth for centuries, yeah, they later, uh, that later amounts to nothing or a big fat lie. Okay. When did Freak Face, I'm, I'm gonna stop calling him the third Peter Parker because that's just too confusing. When did Freak Face get a Spider-Man outfit? Because that totally threw me off. Alright, alright, alright. Right, right. No, I know, yeah, he went inside the house, but go, okay, go ahead, Donovan. No, 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 there's, there's nothing more to that. You see him, you literally see him, the first time you see him in the house, he's on the, on top of the stairs. I, I assume he jumped on the window and went to the room. He's been in the house before. Well, it, but they're in the brand, okay. It looks like they're in Aunt May's house, but they're in the brownstone apartment that Peter and Mary Jane have. Either way, there should be a costume upstairs, and he is by the foot of the stairs. Oh, I know. I was saying that because Freak Face would have never been to that apartment. Well, yeah, that is true. I mean, but yeah, he could probably find a closet. But yeah, it just totally throws you off. It's like he's all of a sudden in a costume, and Peter just broke out of jail, so I'm thinking this is Peter... I mean, even though, you know, the guy that shows up at the end with the wife beater, yeah, that's Peter in his jail outfit. So I totally, like, misinterpreted that whole ending the first time I read it and the first time – Yeah, I mean, it's been years since I read this, so I forgot about the next part. And when I was doing the rundown originally, like, writing it, I wrote it as if it was Peter. Then when I was in the middle of reading No Adjective, I was like, wait, what? And I had to, like, redo everything. Yeah, but there's nothing to be ashamed of. That was what they were trying to do. Yeah, I, that, that was it, the whole effect was to try to trick you into thinking that it was Peter, at least temporarily. The gunshot was kind of ambiguous. Like, did Mary Jane mean to shoot Freak Face, or did the gun go off accidentally, or what was that? And I kind of like how his spider sense is going off when Mary Jane's about to shoot him. And at first, you think that it's because of Mary Jane, but then you don't realize it's because Kane's right behind him and about to smack him in the back of the head. So I thought that that was, you know, kind of nice. The last page... What was that line on the last page? Let me open up that. Extremely complicated. Yeah. Yeah, that sums everything up right there. Because I had that note. The last page just sums it right up. Uh, when I'm reading No Adjective, one thing that I think is the third Peter Parker freak face, he's kind of redundant. Like, you know what? He's kind of not really needed. And... I like when Ben. I like when Ben's like trying to figure like get everything straight. And he's like, "Great, I, I, the only one who I'm sure isn't Peter is me." I like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I mean, uh, to quote Life of Riley, going uh, again, Glenn Greenberg says, "Okay, at this point, the Spider Books were in danger of coming becoming something that 
like that old Gra- Marx Brothers movie that where everyone was running around dressed like Groucho. Now the three Peters were at the same place at the same time. There needed to be some sense of re- resolution to this. The Clone Saga was still engaging and compelling, but from a story point of view, things should have been headed for the ultimate conclusion. Four if you count uh, Kane, but you know we didn't know that at the time, although I think it was pretty obvious. So I love when Peter's like, I'm going to take this remnants of the black costume. It's all I have left of the black costume. And it's like, no, it isn't. I see the shirt right behind you. And the rest of the, <laughs> the same thing. I'm like, it the, looked the, it's like, it this is like, all that's left of the costume. It's like, no, I guess you didn't have a pants. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> well, dude, come on. I know you're in a rush, but really? <laughs> um, it's kind of funny when, like, there's the secret tunnel, and then Ben's like, I would have thought of that. And it's like, yeah, you would have, because Kane's you, basically, or another clone of you. And then when Mary, which is kind of foreshadowing, and then when uh, Mary Jane's ran away, she's like, they could all be clones, which is kind of another clue about Kane being Kane. Mm. And at the end, when um, Freak Face slash Spider Side slash the third Peter Parker was throwing his tantrum... And being all melodramatic, I could totally hear Christopher Daniel Barnes doing his, like, worst Spider-Ham voicing. Uh, I, I, I like Christopher Daniel Barnes. It's, it's oh, handy, I but it's do. Funny. But, like, yeah, but I mean, dude, nobody does melodrama <laughs> like uh, and ham acting like Christopher Daniel Barnes. You think it's a game? This is it. Yeah, by the way, okay, Mary Jane, she doesn't know. I don't think that anybody's informed her about, uh, Kane or what he knows and what he doesn't know, but way to give away Peter's secret if you don't know who Kane is, because she's like, my husband will get me. You hear that? Spider-Man will get me. <laughs> Wait. She's on, she, she, uh, this, I'm coming to this later, but she's on, you know, she's pregnant. She's going through hormones and stuff, so who knows? Yeah, whatever. She, she should have been more careful. She's preggers. Come on now. Yeah, I can't, you know what? I've never been married, so I'm sure like JR or, you know, Brad would tell me, yeah. Dude, no, like just, in the last podcast, we were recording with Brad, and I was like, dude, she, everybody's like, why is 90s? I know, I heard that. Uh, uh, somebody asked why 90s Mary Jane was, uh, acts like such a bitch, and, and, uh, <laughs> I go, dude, she's Preggers, man. <laughs> Have you never... And Brad's like, no doubt, dude, no doubt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. And Kane, you know, we know that he's doing this to protect Mary Jane, quote unquote. Why not say, stay with me, I need to protect you? It's like, why don't people ever say, like, you know, what, what, what they mean? It would just save so much time. He, like, brings her into the sewer and he acts all mysterious. Of course he's going to try and run away. He is a douchebag. So. Yes. Yeah, spectacular Spider-Man. Oh my god, from page one, it's just a hot mess. Like I said, uh, when I was reading this, I was like, okay, you have to remind us that his name is Freakface a million times. And then they're like, it's been a few days since he went from the clone pod. No, it hasn't. We've already been over this. For crying out loud, the events of Amazing 400 alone took place over like a week. <laughs> Why do you have to keep on saying that? It's only been a few days. Well, it's been, it's been, it was one writer that was saying well, a few days. Yeah, the editor, or former editor. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Tom DeFalco, I love and praise you to the high heavens, but come on. And oh my god, this art was bad, and the inks were even worse. This was like, this was hard to look at. Uh, yeah, I, this, I, this was totally fail. Okay. <laughs> I like Ben kind of being a martyr for Peter, um, you know, going to jail for him. That's a really big sacrifice. But that is something that Peter Parker would do if this tables were turned. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> he does kind of get up on Ben's face and accuse him of the whole killer thing. But okay, so to sum it all up, grades for amazing. I'm going to say maybe a B minus because it's just getting confusing and you've got Judas Traveler in there, but it's got Bagley art, you know, so it's got its good stuff. JMD wrote that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, JMD Mateus wrote it and we got Bagley art, so it's good stuff. Tom Lyle, for no adjective, it's a mixed bag. And, you know, we're getting the melodrama, we're getting confusing things, too many Spider-Men running around, and nobody, you know, giving answers or talking, just, it's it's just weird, I don't know. It's Howard Mackey and Tom Lyle, and that's always a mixed bag. I, 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 Lyle's art is okay to look at sometimes, though, and it is very 90s, but it's Howard Mackey's script. I'm gonna say D. Spectacular, good lord. Tom DeFalco, like I said, I love you to the high heavens, but this is an F. I mean, this is like that Deadpool issue where no matter how good – it could have been the best story in the world. The art does not save it at all. The, uh, the art just brings this whole thing down. And yes, I know his name is Freakface. Stop reminding us seven separate times within the book. All right, Donovan. Okay. Um, I'll, try to, I'll try to make this quick. Um, Amazing Spider-Man, right off the bat, is an A for me. Uh, I'm, I'm actually I'm actually going to um, differ greatly from Josh because I for this this first this amazing issue was great. I love how Kane just up and curb stomped this uh, clone. He just, he just like he slams his face in a brick wall with, with Bagley art. That was awesome. And I like I like how like you don't get the um the credits in the title until he start, starts jumping around because he's he's the one true Spider Man. I thought that was I thought it was pretty cool. Um, there was a line in the Peter in the jail scene right before Chocker comes up. Where it says that, you know, um, sitting here in the cold cell, he realizes that despite the tumult of the past year, or perhaps because of it, he's never had so much hope. That combined with the promise of a new life growing inside Mary Jane fills him with a sense of appreciative awe and determination not just to survive, but to triumph. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was, um, I thought that was pretty, um, indicative of his character. Um, Chakra and Judas Chavra, I agree, they come out of nowhere. But and they, and they are, and I agree with Gerard. They are kind of like a plot device. But Peter in, like, learning that Mary Jane trouble and then immediately breaking out—that's that's so Peter Parker. You know, he's like, "I'm gonna get in trouble for this. I'm gonna sell it." But right now, my wife needs me. That's like when you when you get character moments like that, it just makes you enjoy the issue more. When it's like when you when you're not when you're really confused when you're really um, convinced that this is like, what they would do. I, I I agree with Gerard again. I I like that Mary Jane is being more proactive with the gun. Um, this I thought that was pretty cool. I, I really like the scene with her and the clone. Like you said with the spider sense, Josh. Um, I actually didn't know, it, but yeah, it, it does look like at one point either she's going to shoot him or she's going, or it's because of Kane. I actually didn't notice that, but it's like he's ignoring it the whole time. He's like smiling and walking towards her and like ignoring his spider sense. Here's my question though: Why does he thinks he's a real Peter Parker? But why does he assert that this is my wife now? He, does he think he can just take take Mary Jane just because it, hypothetically if he was real Peter he appears out of nowhere and says oh well since you're married to a clone I guess we're husband and wife now what is he thinking it's like there's no proof that he's uh, you're right there's absolutely no proof he's not a clone so yeah but I thought I like the I like that she shot the photograph because it was it was very you know symbolic of what the whole clone saga is doing to her and Peter's relationship with the, the cracked photo of them being married so that was nice um and the, and the last page, I mean, the only thing I didn't like about it was the random cave under the sewers. That was so 90s, but, um, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man A. 
I, straight A. I, I really liked it. Um, Spider-Man 58. This is the thing. Like, with Tom, I, um, I think either Zach or, um, Zach or Josh said it. He's a very, very 90s artist. Like, this guy embodies the 90s. So it's very... Some of it's good. Some of it's I don't I don't really I really don't like. I mean I don't like that. The, there's there's a panel. There's a couple of panels with MJ, where she looks like Rose Tyler from Doctor Who. I don't think it works very well. The one part I never, I can't get over is uh, there's one page where at the very last panel Kane looks like he's coming on to Mary Jane, and with the way Kane talks and everything, it's just so it's so skeevy. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I always love stories where uh, Peter and Ben team up to do the great good, and this is this is something I like about this whole Mark of Cain thing in general. I like that we don't we don't get very many cutaway scenes from the main action. We either see Mary Jane and Cain, or Peter and Ben, and then they, when they get all together, we don't go away from them for a while. It's very straightforward. So I really I really like that. We don't get any random scenes of Jekyll in the asylum or anything. So that was cool. So the third clone, aka Freak Face, is just annoying as can be. Like. I'm, a, I'm the real Peter Parker, and if you don't leave me alone, I will kill you. I mean, it's like, first of all, you have no evidence of this. Second of all, shut up. Like, <laughs> He's Superboy Prime. <laughs> yeah, ser- yeah, seriously. Like, and the picture, the panel with him shining the the spider, the spider signal on King and Mary Jane. I like the idea of it, but I think the coloring really jacks it up because the red, it's really, it kind of bleeds out the pencils and inks. Um, I don't know if Gerard would agree with me on that being. Um, an artist. Yeah. I would agree with you on that. And it also was just not well illustrated. He has a very awkward pose in that in that panel, too. Yeah, I, I actually do like the, the panel of him, like, flashing it, but when you see King and Mary Jane, it's, it, the, the, the red does not work. Um, it's, you know, for all, I, for all my kind of complaints, I didn't mind, I didn't mind this because it was, it, was, it was so straightforward and concentrated. I couldn't stand the clone because he was yelling and saying, I must kill them all. For... For absolutely no reason, and it's like, yeah. But you know, I can't, I can't deny that I, I didn't enjoy it. So I'm giving this a B, a straight. Well, maybe a, okay, a B minus because it was kind of stupid. I'll give, I'll give this a B minus. Um, spectacular. I okay. I've always kind of like had a mixed feelings on this art. I know you guys hate it. I think that. With where the people are concerned, the colors are very good because once they're once you realize they're in the sewers, it's appropriately very dark and grimy. I like the colors. I think the pencils are very inconsistent with the inks. The first two pages are very bad, but I like the page where where Ben is fighting on the third page, like he springs back to life and kicks Kane. I thought that was cool. I thought that generally the art was. It, I've, I've seen worse art, but it wasn't pretty to look at either. So. I thought that generally the art was um, mixed bag, generally. Um, Scar and Judas Traveler, who cares? Like, seriously. And this whole clone thing with his, you know, magic power hat and him hulking out, it's really ridiculous. It really is. But at the same time, what made it better for me was the characterizations of Ben, Mary Jane, Kane, and Peter. Ben especially, he's so likable in, the, in this uh, in this story. Like, he, he just does the right thing over and over again, even though his life is crap. And him doing the Maximum Spider made me smile. <laughs> it really did. Here's a question I have. Did you guys think it was in character for Mary Jane to let Peter go? And I'm saying this because I don't know how, how far along she is in her pregnancy, but I figured she would want him to stay by her side no matter what. So her going through this pregnancy and then letting him go risk his life against the clones, I thought that was a little suspect. 
What did you guys think? No, I, I really think that was in character for Mary Jane simply because, you know what? What she said, in this, finish this, fix this. Then that's why I think it was in character for her. When Mary Jane's written correctly, she's not going to be like, no, Peter, stay home with me and, you know, let's be pregnant and barefoot in the kitchen together. I mean, she understands his need to be responsible as Spider-Man, so I can totally see her doing this. You know, I, I can see her doing this, too. The only reason I have a problem with it is because she is pregnant, and I would assume, I mean, I'm, I'm not female, but I would assume she's kind of going through some hormonal things where she would be more um, prone to being upset, especially with this very stressful situation. I, it kind of surprised me that she was so willing for, to let him go back, especially when he's supposed to be in jail. But yeah, and like the random explosion at the end because that's very nineties. This is a very this is another very nineties issue. But I love the ending where Ben says, you know, this is my problem, this is my responsibility, Peter. I'm going back to jail. That kind of saved the issue for me. So I'm giving this another B minus. I thought I I didn't I did not I didn't hate. Um, I can understand you guys' rights with it. I really can't, but it didn't bug me as nearly as much. And I thought altogether the story was pretty straightforward. It, it didn't straight a random thread. So, you know, A, B minus, B minus. Hot mess. That's that's the best way of describing these three issues. Amazing really was the strongest of, the, of these three issues, uh, simply because you had really strong writing and really strong artwork by Bagley uh, and the writing by DiMatteis. Uh, I really, I enjoyed the, the Web of Spider-Man, the, Web of Spider-Man, the uh, adjectiveless Spider-Man issue probably more than I have most of the others. Uh, I thought that Howard Mackey's writing was a lot stronger, and I think Tom Lyle's artwork was really strong in this issue. So I like that. Both of those are going to get Bs from me. But I'm telling you right now, <laughs> Spectacular Spider-Man number 224. Good God. Um, cliche, cliche, cliche. It was like, this was kind of like Tom DeFalco saying, oh, you know what, screw you. This is a, you guys, like, <laughs> I have to end this crap, so screw you. I'm going to make it the most absurd thing I could ever think of. That's, that's kind of what I felt like after reading this book, was kind of Tom DeFalco saying, nyeh, nyeh. It's like, like an exact quote, actually. Probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I think, um, you know, I think, I think the uh, the books. The, uh, you start off with a fairly strong start, and then it just completely crashes and burns. Writing was horrible. Artwork was awful. Um, not one of strong, Tom DeFalco's strongest hours, and I think uh, it gets a straight D minus because it hasn't quite reached the level of fail that we're going to be getting into. But this is this is the point where. Things start kind of falling off the rails. To quote, as an aside, it should be noted that sales of the Spider-Man books at this time were phenomenal. I feel the need to point that out. I uh, point out at that, despite popular belief, this clone saga significantly boosted the sales of the Spider-Man books at a time when this comics industry was starting to head downward, with sales dropping across the board in every title. The Spider-Man line was bucking the trend with sales holding steadily and even increasing each month. Of course, the downside to it was that everyone in the business side of Marvel was pushing us to keep the Clone Saga going for as long as possible, to milk it for all it was worth. Looking back, I can understand the position. The Clone Saga was one of the very few things that was actually working in the comics industry at the time, and there was a great deal of fear that the sales would drop like an anvil once the storyline was over. But of course, a naturally prolonging a story that 
prolonging what was at its essence a very finite storyline with extremely short-term thinking and the kind of approach that could hurt the entire franchise. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we, the editors and writers, knew this, but the sales and marketing departments wielded the, a lot of power and influence at the time, and we had little choice but to follow their lead, which is why Marvel was doing so many gimmick covers and the alpha issues and omega issues and multi-bar crossover storylines, and, well, you get the idea. Okay, we're... <laughs> I pretty much I pretty much made, commented on all the things that he said in the uh, throughout this the part, which is Rifle of Riley Part Seven. Um, he does mention you guys have mentioned this several times that uh, when uh, he says he's going to kill whoever took her and and that the other two spiders should just leave them alone. Uh, the third Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, uh, he said that pretty much killed any speculation that Peter Parker three should would could be the real guy. Peter Parker would never condone killing. So from that moment on, Peter Parker was essentially nothing more than another plot point that needed to be wrapped up. On Web of Spider Man, I gave it a C. Bertone gave it a B. Bertone, not Bertone. Uh, Gerard gave it a C, and Donovan gave it a C. In Amazing, I gave it a B. Bertone gave it a B. Gerard and Donovan both gave it an A. Spider Man. The adjective was title. I gave it a B. Bertoni gave it a D. Gerard gave it a C, and Donovan gave it a B. That was really kind of a mixed bag on that one. We got a B, two Bs, a C, and a D. Spectacular Spider-Man number two twenty-four got a D, an F, a D, and a B minus from Donovan. <laughs> a B minus, dude. I mean, sir, come on. I had fun with it. <laughs> you had fun with that art. I don't think that art is that. I've seen worse, man. Believe me, I, I can take distinct styles and weird coloring. I, I've seen worse. Trust me, I've seen Greg Land art. Crap, don't even get me started on Spider Spider-Man. Crap, tacular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, we've got two more issues to review. We've got we've got a lot of care around to cover, but. All right, guys, we've, we've already heard the rundown of Spider-Man Unlimited, so let's hear the thoughts on Spider-Man number, Unlimited number nine. Let's start with uh, let's start with Bertoni for grins. Well, the beginning, it's really funny. It's like all the classic Spider-Man villains, like the Vulture, Mysterio, oh, and, and Lady Scorpion is there too. It's like she invaded their club. It's like all the classics and then just kind of her tacked on. It's like that episode of The Office where they go to the beach and Michael's like, yeah, it's going to be the whole classic crew. Oh, and Andy and Karen. Question. Who the hell is Lady Scorpia? She appeared in one of those crappy uh, miniseries from the early 90s. I think... I want to say it was like Spider-Man, like a power of fear or... Power of Terror or something like uh, that? I, I want to say, let me look, because I think it's on, let me go Let me go check spiderfan.org. Because I, I want to... have that, because I've, I've been down there. I, I didn't check recently, but... Good lord. Oh, my lord. I, uh, I saw that. If you would have seen my face, I said, Lady Scorpia? She, she's wow. so out of place there. That's like... <laughs> That's like Dude. if you if you did a concert and it was like the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, you know the and then like Lady had, Gaga, yeah, and then like <laughs> <laughs> not even like somebody like like an American Idol loser or something. Dude, just I, I, just, I just looked it up on Wikipedia. It was it was Spider Man: The Power of Terror for number two. Holy be, crap! How did I know that? <laughs> That's really strange. I, I never, I've never read that miniseries. How did I know that? It's like the Justice League and Snapper Car. 
Oh wait, they actually did that. <laughs> that's, that's like like the Justice League and um, the Guardian from Spider or the Superman titles. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, she yeah. appeared also in, in another issue of Unlimited Spider-Man number twelve. It would be unlimited. Well, we haven't gotten into Unlimited twelve yet. But yeah, but, but yeah, she may be, we're going to see her again. She made a whopping let's see three, five, oh, wow. <laughs> seven appearances. Okay, maybe, well, she, she was maybe. in that Kevin Smith Evil That Men Do miniseries, but she was completely redesigned. I remember that. Oh yeah, she was kind of hot there too. I remember. Oh, Terry Dodson drew that. She was. I, I feel like someone retconned my life. I cannot believe I've never heard of this character before. <laughs> <laughs> It, 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 it's it's like the mind wipe. It's like the people are like reading about. This doesn't make sense. How can Donovan remember reading these comics if the mind wipe <laughs> took place? And you know he there should be holes in his memory. Well, there are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now you notice when Peter and Mary Jane reunite in the sewer last issue, she's like, "How'd you know it was me, MJ?" I just know. I know it's you. You're my husband. But then when he shows up this issue, she's like, "Stay where you are. I got a gun." Mary Jane, it's me. How do I know it's you? Like, you know, okay, now she doesn't know it's him. I can actually I... defend that. I can actually defend that real quick. Well, yeah, because I mean, he, he is wearing the Ben outfit, I know. But, like, last issue, she's like, I just know. Well, no, 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 no. Because of last issue, he says right before she says that, I know you don't like this black costume. And the real Peter Parker would, would be the only one who knew that. But then she says, I just I just know. I don't think she realizes it, but I think it's, it, it's um, implied in the text. Felicia showing up makes sense, because one thing that I always wonder when something happens to Peter Parker, like, you know, unmasking or when he gets a red, like, if something happens that makes national news, I always wonder, like, you know, I wonder what Anna Watson's thinking. I wonder what, you know, and obviously with all this stuff happening with Spider-Man, you know, you got to wonder what Felicia and everyone's thinking. So I liked her showing up, even if she was drawn a little weird. Kane in the Spider-Man outfit. Let's talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) What the heck? And, like, he just, like, like, okay, like, what was the point of it? Just to throw them off guard for, like, a split second? Or was this part of something? How the hell did he get it? He says he got it from the apartment. Like, everyone's taking costumes from that. No wonder all Peter had left was the black suit because, you know, Freakface (laughs) took that one costume. And Kane took this costume and stretched it out. And, like, you can even see, like, there's the spikes coming from his hands there. (laughs) I just... It's stretched. I mean, it, it fit him or didn't or whatever it's uh and that whole plan by the way they just like they're gonna look for kane like all around the city like he's just gonna i know it's his hot spots but like really he's gonna show up new york's pretty big what if he's like staying inside or catching a broadway show i mean yeah they found him but the logic of looking for him was really weird it's jason mcindale but yeah okay yeah Look, the the cane and the Spider-Man outfit, let's go back to that. It was random, it was out of nowhere, and it was discarded, which is pretty much summing up all these unlimited issues. And Hobgoblin and his exposition, if somebody's pushing a water tower on you, you don't say, oh my god, a water tower, it's falling on me. That's so Stanley, that's so Stanley. I know, and a Maximum Carnage reference, did we really need that? I know that that was a big deal, and it wasn't so long ago, and the video game was back then. And then when Spider-Man's like, oh, of course, Mysterio, because my Spider-Sense never responds to his attacks. Wait, what? Since when? Doesn't (laughs) almost every Spider-Man and Mysterio story end with Spider-Man saying, wait a second, I completely forgot, even though I do this every single time, I can just close my eyes and use my Spider-Sense to figure out which Mysterio is the real one or not. The phone call. Ben Riley, 
he made a big sacrifice. He went to jail for Peter, and he's kind of calling them like, hey, I'm in jail. What's up? And Peter's like, nah, we can let the machine get that. <laughs> I mean, that's what he's like. He's like, yeah, let's let the machine get it. And Ben's sitting there rotting in jail for him. Way to go, Peter. Yeah, well, Peter's still bad about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He feels bad about it, my ass. He's like, ha I'm not in jail, bitches. He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah let's get the machine get it. And Ben's like, I, I, I hope you're doing it. And he's using his, like, one phone call and the guards yelling at him. And he had to, like, fight to get the privacy. And Peter and Mary Jane are like, yeah, Ben's fine. So- I, think, I think the main problem we have with this is Tom Lyle is the writer and not the penciler. <laughs> and we have Al Milgram, Tim Toothy, Randy Emblem, Don Hudson, Tom Palmer, Sam De La Rosa, Klaus Jansen, and Jimmy Palmiotti on inking. Yeah. yeah. Could, couldn't they help out with writing it a little bit? <laughs> yeah, <'cause- laughs> I agree, Brad. I agree wholeheartedly. Why, thank you. Hey, wait a minute. What the hell am I doing on this show anyway? What, what the hell? <laughs> Why did you step in the room, man? I, hey, like, man, like, I, I had to take a leak. That's, that's why I came in, you know. I'm sorry. I'm hey, like, we record your... all our podcasts from the crawl space bathroom. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. No doubt. There's a guy in the, in, the, in the side handing you out a towel. We call him George. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> But yeah, basically, we get the Planet of the Symbiotes promo and just just the whole hot mess that is Unlimited. So this is getting an F, or if we're doing our new rating system, zero out of ten freak faces. Ooh, freak faces. You're doing that. That's nice. Yeah. You pull the freak card. Yeah, dude, no. I'll tell you right now. uh, I'm sorry. I think Zach dated a few of those back in the day. (laughs) Pardon me while I pull out my freak card. This this, this is like supposed to be Zach's safe place. This is his podcast. This is where he... I I, I barged in the bathroom door to kick it down and insult the poor guy. (laughs) What the hell, man? (laughs) It's good to see you too, Brad. Big man love. (laughs) Big man love. Um, Okay. Who's not given their thoughts on on Unlimited? It's just a day... Okay, it's just been you. Okay, Gerard, give your thoughts. Good gravy. Oh man, this issue sucked. Um, you know, I, I I thought the art was okay, even though there's like a small RB that did it. You know, because there's like what there's three pencilers and eight inkers or something like that. It, it didn't end up all that bad. You know, it was fairly consistent. I mean, it was an action-packed story, but everything else about it was terrible. It was really sloppily plotted, and all the scripting was really stilted. And you know, why is Scorpio there of all people? For Christ's sake. <sighs> Oh, man. And then, and then they claim that this is part five of Mark of Cain, but we all know it really isn't because it doesn't fit with parts one through four at all. And it, it was just, there were a lot of pointless things, you know, that whole Cain jumping out dressed as Spider-Man. What, what was it? <laughs> it was a really lumpy looking, like, fake, well, I, I don't know how, uh, I, know, I know Jason Massendale was kind of a crappy hobgoblin, but how did he ever, like, believe for even a second that that was actually Spider-Man? <laughs> it looks nothing like him. I mean, the dude yeah. worked for the CIA for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah they, I know, they right? Only, and li- uh-huh. <laughs> they only they only reference that when it's convenient. This guy's an idiot. I, the, in fact, the <laughs> only reason I even knew it was Jake because I know uh, Donovan. You had mentioned that you didn't really know who which one it was. The only reason I knew it was Massendale is they mentioned offhandedly in one panel that he had military training. I'm like, oh. That's right. Kingsley wasn't in the military. That must be Massendale in between his random being a demon and becoming cyborg hobgoblin. This is like the couple of months where he was regular hobgoblin again. Jesus but yeah, I'm, I'm giving this an F. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it's, it, it, I'm looking at because I have our our big book O grades where I write down the grades for all, all of our uh, our issues, and so far I've given every issue of Unlimited we've reviewed an F. So <laughs> might as well keep it going. Terrible. It cost you the most to buy this book back in the day too. Oh man, yeah, it was three ninety five. Three ninety five on the cover. Yeah, good yeah. gravy. I, I haven't read this book since '95. Is uh, Garney's and Lim's pencils solid? Because I like both those guys. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Lim's okay. The coloring, I think the coloring kind of saves his artwork. It's it's not bad, but it, oh, Lim colored it too. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, Ger- Ger- um, Gerard. Gerard. Wow. Good. You're gravy. combining our names now. Yeah, I'm combining your names. Donovan. <laughs> What's his, your thoughts on this issue? This issue was awesome. And when I say awesome, I don't mean it was actually good. I mean awesome. It was, it was so bad that I was thoroughly entertained. like a Steven Seagal movie. Okay, we start, we start the issue with, like, like, like the C-listers, the C-lister extravaganza from Spider-Man Rose Gallery. Okay, Mysterio, that's not bad. Hobgoblin, he's an A-lister. I'm not sure, okay. The, the Beetle. Lady Scorpia. Oh, I'll yeah. say it again. Who the hell is Lady Scorpia? Oh, <laughs> uh, dearie me. Wow. And a pointless fight. That's, that's, yeah, because we, we needed that for all three pages. And then we see them bitch for like another five pages. That's wonderful. I mean, it's just, it's just so stupid. Okay, alright. And then we get to, um, Peter coming home, coming back in the Star Spider costume, which I'll be honest, I didn't like, cause I, I, I don't know if I forgot, but I never knew that Peter dressed up as Star Spider, so I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, Mary Jane's hair, I know I complained about how Romina Jr. did um, uh, 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 Ben and Peter's hair in that one issue like last time, but Mary Jane's hair, it's it's it looks like Dolly Parton. It looks so bad. I, seriously, I, I could not take it. And it, it almost looked masculine. It was it was so long. That's not the only thing that looks like Dolly Parton on her. Oh, no. did I <laughs> well, hey, she, she she is pregnant. Oh wow. <laughs> All right, like, I think the. I think un- unquestionably the funniest and most random thing about this. This is obviously like, this is easily for me like the, one of the top three stupidest parts of the Clone Saga. Kane dressed <laughs> as Spider-Man in his own. First of all, he dressed as Spider-Man in his actual Kane costume under the Spider-Man costume. Why? <laughs> exactly. I'll tell you why. Exactly. No reason. You can see you can see the vein bulges and everything, and then he rips it off after he knocks down. Pop- why not just keep it on and have him confused while he kills him? I don't. <laughs> oh wait, I, wait! I got, it, I got. It. Okay, you know how we've been hit over the head with all these Kane is a clone clues. This was probably like in case, like him saying to the readers, "Okay, get it. Now I'm wearing a Spider-Man costume. Do you not get it now? Come on." <laughs> yeah, we've not dropped hints since like you know my fifth appearance, my third or fourth appearance. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> continue on, Donovan. Okay. Uh, when the, when the Sinister Seven. You know, Come in. Why is why is Mysterio flying? And seriously, he, he he pops out of the air like he's an angel or something. Um, the scene where Mary Jane is called by Seward Trainer. Um, I'm not I'm not taking umbrage for this. I'm just kind of curious. How is that how pregnant is she? Because there's a shot with her putting her clothes on, which isn't which isn't necessarily cheesy. I don't mind that, but she's really like in shape. So I'm wondering how how pregnant is she supposed to be? She's not very far along at this point. She maybe three months. Or maybe even two. She's probably like thirteen or fourteen weeks, probably. Well, hold on, because you got to think. They 
if we had to think about it, when did she conceive the baby? Because it couldn't have been like when Peter was doing all that, you know, back from the edge stuff. So I'm guessing it was before the parents went psycho robots. And Peter's well, only been back. Like for... It was the uh, when when Doc Ark was spying on them. And I think it was during the maximum hornage. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that we're actually trying to track when Baby May was conceived, but I like the word balloon that went bound chicka wow wow. Yeah, that <laughs> but like you know, th- they got back together in Web of Life, Web of Death, and then like right afterwards, that led right into Aunt May coming home and everything, which lasted a week, and then right from there he got arrested. So, and then it's it's only been taking place like a few days after that. So maybe she's only a month or two along, I would think. Yeah, dearie me. I'll, I'll, I'll try to write this up. Um, Maybe it was at a drunken hookup. <laughs> Spider-Man would never do that. No, that's out of character, isn't it? Come on now. Yeah, we'll never okay. see that. Okay. Um, um, what's your real, final? Real, real, real quick. Okay, like the last thing I want to talk about. There's a character, a spare photographer in Dead Doodle named Cole Cooper. Cole Cooper? <laughs> I, I, Car- I don't know. I don't know. Car- Carly's previously unseen brother. Oh wait, that means if he was previously unseen, that actually meant that he's actually been seen. It's Carly's and, brother. Uh, Mysterio not setting off Peter Parker's spider sense. WTF, man? I mean, seriously, you gonna try to sell me on this? <laughs> I, 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 no, you know, I, this, this is a D for me because I had fun and the art wasn't horrible at all. The art was very average, but it was. Entertaining, but this was this was dumb. <laughs> 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 These guys are hardcore on this show. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But see, every, the difference between your show and my show is that everything you, my show, you dummy. <laughs> 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 the difference between our show and this show yeah. is that uh, you don't you don't bleep out. I do. Oh. Or oh, right. sure you do? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Excuse me. Bertoni and, does. And ideally, I don't bleep, I cut. And sometimes I forget when you drop your F-bombs and stuff like that. So I'm sorry. Oh, I, I cut like over an hour's worth of material from some of these episodes, I swear. I, yeah. I, I like the edits because they, they sound more random with uh, the bleeps in them, to be honest. <laughs> I think it's funnier that way. Dear anyway, <clears throat> now to give my thoughts on the uh, on the really piss poor unlimited issue. The only good thing was the art was actually pretty decent to look at, but that's that's pretty much where the good things lie. Now um, I've referenced before on the show and several times that Tom Lyle was given the writing responsibilities uh, of Unlimited by Danny uh, Finger Danny off. Finger, yeah, Finger off gave him the. Uh, Finger on, finger off. <laughs> and um, Bob, when Bob Ulinski, when Bob Ulinski became editor in chief of the Spider-Man Group, um, Danny was <laughs> still in place as group editor. This is this is from Life of Riley, and uh, Bob didn't want to upset, you know, didn't want to shake things up too bad in the beginning. So. Um, he had his own. Apparently, he according to Glenn Greenberg, he had his own doubts about Danny's uh, about Tom Lyle's writing, but chose not to overturn overturn the decision. But uh, creatively, <laughs> he says creatively. However, this would prove not to be the best move. Gee, really? Because this this issue was utter crap from a writing standpoint. Like Kevin Cushing's worst issue 
of anything could be better than this. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Kane in a Spider-Man outfit. What the hell? I really like the the final panel with the Mary Jane, you know, soap and wet, you know, go turning to Felicia for for comfort for comfort and everything. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, it kind of felt like the start of a really bad cheesy porno. Um, a really great cheesy porno. <laughs> she came in dripping wet. Yeah. Well, chicken, well, well. <laughs> anyway. I'll get my costume on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Do, do, do you think that when Mary Jane and Felicia do it, Mary Jane turns off the lights and tells Felicia not to look at her face? Oh, no. Oh, really? You're the bad kitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. As if we didn't get enough griping from Steve about, about us making making assertions and in-jokes about uh, our dislike of One More Day. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I just think that... The, the, First of all, the Sinister Seven is like the only. There's two B-listers, three B-listers: Hobgob- Hobgoblin, Mysterio, and Electro. The rest of them are pretty much C-lister, and then you have like the Z-lister. It's like the Sinister Six and Scorpia, because she can't be involved in the Sinister Six because she's, because she's not actually cool enough to be. Um, <laughs> she's the groupie. <laughs> she's just a freaking groupie that just walks around, and be like, "Oh my god, I have a tail." Um, <laughs> the fight scenes were kind of like trying to be big and action, like a big bad action movie, and I think Steve, bad, a bad Steven Seagal movie is pretty much the best way of describing this. So, yeah, pretty bad all around. Gonna give it straight, uh, you know, because the artwork was decent, the the writing was F, but uh, the artwork was decent, so it's gonna give it D, solid D. So, two okay, D's and two, Fs. two D's, two F's on that one, and um, that wraps up our '90s look back, but. I hate to say this, but sadly, we have a, another issue to review. And when I say sadly, it's because it's the last issue of the Clone Saga miniseries. And uh, I'm going to give the rundown of this issue. And I'm going to be, I'm going to pretty much kind of gloss over the rundown because I really want people to read this. But, um, Clone Saga issue number six is written by Tom DeFalco and Howard Mackey, like every other issue. And, um, artwork by. Todd Knott? Todd Knott, thank you. <laughs> I'll work by Todd Knott. So, um, let me kind of give you a brief rundown of what happened previous. Um, MJ's having, has, try, has been trying to have her baby, or had her baby, and not trying. She, 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 she succeeded. <laughs> she tried and succeeded to have her child. Uh, see, she had the baby, they held her, in, they, they got to hold little May, and um, she gets kidnapped by Allison Monogran. And Ben gets impaled. It kind of looks like in the chest, but uh, as we'll see, the uh, that's not, not that's not necessarily the case. We open our issue up with uh, um, Ben and the Green Goblin. Ben getting smacked like a bitch. Um, <laughs> and throughout, uh, we get the reveal that it's the mastermind of the whole whole story is Harry Osborn. And, uh. Sucker Blue. Yeah, oh no. Because <laughs> we didn't call that on this on this very show when we reviewed part three. Not at all. Or part Not two. Or part two. Um. <laughs> or negative so, one. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I think, I think Kevin called it in, on the crawl space as well. <laughs> yeah, very precision. Yeah. Um, so Harry's the mastermind. The, uh. There's a really good scene with May and MJ staring at the empty. 
baby crib in the hospital, and it's it's kind of a split screen where you have Norm, Norman and Kane looking at the baby in the crib. A really, really good, well-written scene there. And uh, Norman uh, Kane reveals to Norman that, hey, you're, uh, you're a clone. So uh, I'm sorry about your luck, but you're a clone. And uh, he, he asks, did Spider-Man kill me? And Kane goes, well, he was involved in your death, yeah. <laughs> um, we get... Uh, Peter finally has been is still searching for Ben, and he sees this big giant specialized firework that Harry throws up in the air, um, revealing the Green Goblin mask in the firework. And ben, uh, Peter runs down, and, and and they they fight Harry and, and and Peter shortly before suddenly and abruptly Norman Osborn shows up in Green Goblin garb, fighting Harry and. During this time, we have Kane, who act, who uh, takes off and returns the baby to MJ. Meanwhile, um, Norman Osborn and Harry are fighting it out, and and uh, Ben and Peter are trying to figure out, oh, should we fight with Norman or let them just duke it out? But they ended up fighting with Norman, trying trying to stop Harry. Harry, uh, Norman ends up jumping in front of Harry's goblin glider when Harry tries to kill Peter. In a similar fashion to Peter Parker's Spider-Man number 75, Norman disintegrates into dust, and Kane has returned the baby to May, or, and, and MJ. The issue ends with Ben riding off in the sunset uh, hmm. and w- with helmet on and, and Peter wondering what's going to happen next. I know that's a really brief description and a brief overview, but you gotta, you got you got to read the issue because I really don't do it justice. But uh, we'll start with... We'll start with this mysterious guy that decided to kick down the bathroom door. Uh, Brad, what are your thoughts on this issue? Oh, I thought you were going to go to George. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I liked the issue a lot. Uh, I'd give it an A minus. Or how do we shrieks? How am I? Do, how am I grading this thing? <laughs> shrieks. <laughs> no, how, no, many, how many shrieks am I given, and, and what am I grading it with? <laughs> no, you can do. You can do an A. You can do an A. Oh, okay. I'll give it an A minus. Um, I liked it a lot. I think the artwork is beautiful. I think Todd Knock really uh, just knocked it out of the park. Get it? Knocked it. Um, <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I, th- I could see these three guys, uh, Mackie and DeFalco and Todd Knock, doing a Ben Riley solo series, and I hope we have that coming. Um, but I, I, I thought it was awesome. I thought um, the, only, the only problem I had, and Zach, that you had this problem in your reviews, is the Norman Osborn kind of personality change that uh, he went from like uh, he'd sacrifice himself for his son I don't, I don't really see him doing that I think that's the only quabble quibble quabble uh, what <laughs> only problem I had with the uh, the issue but yeah. I, I, I think it I, I think um, and it kind of goes back to the debate with the the hobgoblin I think Norman is the ultimate goblin and anytime you have somebody else it's just like an imposter so um I, I I really I enjoy the original with Norman being the mastermind behind the whole damn thing instead of Harry. So A minus out of me. Yeah, I, you know I think. Uh, uh, I, well, you know I really didn't have as much of a problem with with Norman, you know, trying to save his son. 
as so much as I kind of felt like that DeFalco and, and Mackie were kind of pre- being a little preachy with the whole thing. We must end the cycle of violence. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't want to be preached at. But DeFalco sometimes has, has done this in the past in Spider Girl, so I'm kind of used to it. But if you're a first time reader, I think uh, I think that might be a little off putting. But don't you think that Norman is the ultimate goblin? I mean, when you got well, somebody else he, in there, he, he's developed in the ultimate goblin. The way they brought him, yeah. he, I, I don't think. I think before they brought back Norman, you had a lot of people thinking that Harry was the ultimate goblin. Mm. Um, before they brought back Norman, that's a good but, point. Um, since they brought back Norman, they have done such a good job elevating his character and justifying his resurrection that he is the ultimate goblin now. Now, and I, think a, I think another thing that shades my opinion of Norman is he's in every damn Marvel book, and he's such a bastard. And it doesn't seem like he could sacrifice anything for anybody in all the yeah. modern books. But man, in the nineties, I know when they when they brought him back. Or and another person, I don't know if it was you, Zach, or someone in the comments on the Crawlspace review, they mentioned that um, maybe this was before Norman's uh, injection of the serum. That that maybe he was a nice guy or um, uh, had a bigger heart than he did when he was injected with the goblins. I have something to say about that, actually. Maybe the clone didn't get the the injection. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know where where the DNA came from for the clone. So it's kind of, it's kind of, kind of left ambiguous in that regard. Um, uh, Donovan, what are your thoughts on this issue? Okay. When I say this, I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm really trying to um, understand. I really didn't know what was going on. Um, I will say that I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to be facetious at all. I enjoyed every issue of this miniseries up to here, and what hampers my enjoyment is I literally did not come to an understanding by the end. I will say, first of all, we've been digging on the art the whole time. This is the I don't know what it is, but Todd Knock and who is the colorist? Because they seriously like step it up. Um, I agree. I agree. Um, Javier Targaryen. Yeah, Yeah, and I I don't know if it's because it takes place mostly at night, but it was just stunning. It was gorgeous. I love the scene where Harry shoots up and makes the fireworks with his... I've never seen Norman do that, so I thought that was great. And the scene where Peter sees it. But seriously, um, I can't can't make up my mind because I I I need to straighten out this plot. So Harry has this whole clone thing to screw with Peter, but... Let me get this straight. He faked his death to screw with Peter. Is that right? Yeah. And he kidnapped the baby to cause Peter pain. But does that not conflict with causing pain to Mary Jane? Because he said, Spectacular 200, that he, all he wants to do is mess with Peter. He has nothing against Mary Jane. I would imagine that he, calling Peter would mess with Peter. But I, I don't know. I, his, his motivations are kind of... He's tripping on goblin juice. He doesn't know what he's doing. Okay, I I explained this in my review, and I said, you know, I love the Harry reveal, and it it fit perfectly with the madness that occurred during the the spectacular Spider-Man 189 to 200 era, ending with his death. Some might call it it a cop-out when this series – might call it a cop-out to a fantastic finish of that story. But Harry's moment of sanity was the only time that Harry had had a rational thought the entire time. Everything in that storyline, he was, he was going, he was going nuts. And his moment of clarity when he does save Peter, I think was just a brief moment. I think that he, he really was farther down that road than a lot, than a lot of people realized. 
I mean, and you also got to think it's been it, it's probably was it, in the terms of when this story takes place. It's probably been about a year that he's been under the radar, maybe maybe a year and a half. So he's probably been going nuts because he has no emotional he has no attachment to the outside world. He's been scheming this for a while, apparently, even before he went crazy. Um, he brought, I would assume that he started scheming the early days of the Clone Saga back when he was crazy the first time. So uh, I, I think that, th- that that one brief moment in Spectacular 200 where he saves Peter, I think that was just a, a brief moment. That's, that's, it should be treated as such. I, I, don't okay. think it I don't think it diminishes that, that aspect at all. You know, that's this is where we get to personal interpretations. I always kind of took it when I read Spectacular 200 as, yeah, he was he was kind of like really pissy and everything. I didn't think he was absolutely bad, squeak insane as Norman gets. I mean, I mean, you can you can kind of say that, but near the end where he's like being nice to Mary Jane, kind of walking around with his son, it was it's hard for me to say, oh, he's crazy. I just thought he was kind of you know evil, and when he dies. You kind of get more humanity from the guy. So when he's pulling Machiavellian stuff like this, it's a little hard to swallow all at once, even if we did see it coming from the very beginning. Okay, um, and now real quick, like this whole with um, hair or Norman kind of turning turning coat and save, fighting with Peter and Ben. I don't, I don't, I don't mind it so much that it happens, but again, it goes against it because Norman. It's not because Norman, even if this was a Norman before the chemicals. And I go, I'm kind of going from JR's articles. Norman was always kind of a D-bag. I mean, he always was evil, especially, and I said this before we started recording, but in the, when Dicko was still on the book, he, when he shot a mental strong, he had thought balloons to say he was, he was an evil guy. I don't, I don't think that he was a good person before the chemicals, so I can't see him doing this automatically. I can see him trying to save Harry, but I can't see him like saying, you know, in this cycle of violence, I can see him saying, you know, we need to fight another day, Spider-Man, whatever. I don't see him becoming completely angelic evil. And finally, um, okay, so Peter and Mary Jane keep the baby. Is Peter Spider-Man or is he, is he retired? And where is Ben going? Is he going to fight in New York or is he going to go somewhere else? That was that was a little too ambiguous for me to swallow. So I haven't made up my mind, guys. I'm not sure exactly what was going on. Uh, this is a question for Bertoni. Is, did, has Norman ever done anything nice for his son, ever? Well, if you look at um, the issues between um, – when he got cured of his quote unquote goblin insanity around yeah. uh you know when Ramita came on the book and before uh he went insane again, kind of that Lee Ramita era, yeah, he was nice to his son, you know, he he's Who coming over, they're hugging. Remember, you know, when when he gets him and Peter the apartment together? That was yeah. also when Norman saves Gwen and Captain Stacy from the Kingpin. And he's, um, you know, there was that party, that Craven crash, and Norman saying, you know, to Jonah, oh, Spider-Man's a nice guy, you know, we have to help him and do something. Yeah. But, but that was amnesia, though. I mean, he wasn't, it wasn't, I don't know, I don't know if I bought it. The core, the core personality, I think. Yeah, I mean, but, but yeah, he was nice when he was in, you know, amnesia mode. Yeah. And, you know, there is those flashbacks of, there actually is the flashbacks of him doing nice stuff to Harry, you know. Before he became the Goblin, when he's showing it to Peter um, in that story where he unmasks and he hooks Peter up to the flashback machine, that's literally what it is. It's a flashback machine that like shows Nor. He's taking Harry to baseball games and you know buying Harry a bike. 
What they don't show you is that one story that was like in that Mark Guggenheim issue recently where, where Norman like smashed the bike. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you see him doing nice stuff, but like he doesn't realize that his son just wants to talk, you know, and he doesn't want money. JR could tell you more about this than I can. He's the Norman guy, but he has been nice to Harry. I almost feel like the whole Norman construct is something that they came up with later to almost kind of justify his uh, his attitude and the way he is characterized nowadays as opposed to the way he was before. I, I almost feel like it was done to put him in line with how they wanted to use him in this sort of modern era. See, I don't buy that. To having Sorry. Distance with older stuff. No, go ahead. I, I just... Because I, I'm... I just remember those early issues, like, even like, like the first two Romita issues where he's driving Harry to school and Harry's like, bye, dad. He's like, what's wrong, dad? You know, he, you know, he was, he was such a, a he, he, he was shit. in, he was in goblin mode, but yeah, he was already the green goblin by that point. Yeah. That's, it was okay. established that he's been the goblin for the previous, what, like 20 issues or so. And he was also in goblin mode technically when he shot Mendel Strom, cause that was before Spider-Man, you know, gave him the whack on the head. Uh, what or made him so, fall into the flashback machine? I think I think to figure this out, we need to, we need to settle on his his um, per- underneath, or is he just insane and you know needs to be cured? You need Jr. for that one. What do you think, Brad? Uh, what do you think? Uh, he, he, he's speechless. Oh, I, I, what was the question? I'm sorry, I was multitasking. <laughs> Okay, I was asking, um, do you think Norman Osborn is someone who is insane and needs to be cured, or is he, has he always, and is a nice guy underneath, or is he just straight up evil? Straight up evil. I really do. I mean, the, uh, the, the, uh, amnesia Norman is not his core personality. In the heart of him, he's a villain. That's and, what I think. And he, well, he, in his own mind, he's not a villain, but we know that he's a villain by his actions. And that's why when it when uh, he sacrifices himself for his son, I just don't see him sacrificing. I don't see him being that generous, even to his own blood. I just I just don't see it. I think I, I, I see it more likely that he'd let his son die just so he'd have another reason to hate Spider Man more than anything. So a lot of our characterization of Norman comes from all those ni- post nineties issues. I mean, the Norman that we're seeing here, the only thing that we, we have to forget everything that we know about Norman except for everything that happened between Amazing Spider-Man issue 14 and 121. Yeah. Cause that, that, that was a way different Norman. I'm not saying that this was in character for him. I'm not saying that by a long shot, but I mean, I guess that this is a Norman that never bought the Daily Bugle, never, you know, kidnapped, yeah. well, technically never kidnapped Baby May. He was kind of involved in this time around, but never did all that stuff that we saw. You know, 1996 and on. This is a Norman that only existed from issue 14 to issue 121 or 122. Excuse me. I'll, I'll agree with you. He he's uh, a bit of a more evil character when he was resurrected. Oh or, yeah, or came back, made him so, behind everything. And that's main. That's mainly because the writers like to blame him for everything. <laughs> Even still, when he, when he, when we first seen in this issue, he's like, "So Spider-Man is to blame. I need to find Harry and tell him to get revenge." And then like Kane's like. Well, you know, they've been fighting for a while, and now the Peter's a baby. Will this, will this ever stop? And Norman's like, okay, actually, I think I'm going to help save Spider-Man. I think it's just to spite Harry. 
I mean, I think I think he would actually save save Harry. I don't think he hates Harry that much. I think I mean I think I, don't, I, I can see him saving Harry's life even at the cost of his own life. I don't see him totally renouncing his hatred for Spider Man after this. I think I think it's either one or the other. So I mean, I, that, that's uh, I, I'm sorry I've been talking so much, but that's that's my thoughts on it. It's all good. Good discussion. Hey, I like that. It's your turn, Gerard. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was waiting to give a grade or something. <laughs> I I have no I I still don't know. <laughs> okay okay try try to think of a grade while while Gerard's giving his thoughts. Gerard, what's your thoughts? Oh, I, I love this book. I, I like uh, like Don said. I mean, not, Todd Knock is getting better and better and better. I I felt like maybe it was in the inking, but I felt like this issue had a little more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Gritty detail in the artwork than the previous ones had. Especially when you see some of the scenes with uh, Ben being beat up, and he looks he looks pretty bad and, and rough. And it, it, felt, it felt like the line work became a lot scratchier in order to compensate for that, and it worked very well. Um, I, I, I kind of I know it, that it left it's left open ended very much. So, like like Don said, you don't know whether Peter has retired. You don't know where Ben's going. You don't know if there's if this is the beginning of a story or if it's sort of the just, a happy ending, quote unquote, to this story. Uh, I, in that sense, I, I kind of like that it leaves a bit open that we might be able to come back to it later. But I fear that we may never actually see the rest of it, or we may never see where Ben is driving off to. And in that sense, I, I feel kind of apprehensive a little bit about how open the story is. But I, I like that he lives. I like that Baby May lives. And I, and I think in general it was a pretty solid conclusion. Whether Norman's thing was in character or not, I was interested in what was happening and surprised by it somewhat. So in, in at least as far as being a story unto itself, I found it very interesting. Um, the only thing I didn't like about it, there were a couple of lines in there that I thought were a little misplaced. I, I thought Peter was a little too jolly at times, considering the situation that he was in. Right. I don't remember if this was the issue or not, where he makes that kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, this is the one with the Mr. T, I pity the fool line. That was a little strange. Considering, but... <laughs> I pity the fool. Yeah, I forgot oh, about that. That was weird, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I mean, the guy's chasing after somebody who kidnapped his kid, and he's making jokes to himself. He wasn't even talking to anybody. So. I actually thought that wasn't but supposed yeah. to be a joke, but um, it, it sure sounded like it was. He, he actually pities a fool? Ah, pity fool! He pities you. Yeah, but I, but I like it. I'll, I'll give it an A minus. I, I liked it a lot. It was a very good end to a very good miniseries. Well, thank you, Gerard, because we're still waiting on Donovan to give his grade. Um, <laughs> Bertoni, did you give a grade? No, I, I haven't done anything. Okay, I, I know you're involved with the debate, so I didn't want to. I wanted to make sure I got you. That's all, all right. good. Uh, Bertoni, what's your thoughts? Well, I think that it's a little redundant to have both Kane and Norman Osborn decide to become good guys. It's like it's like that first Ramita issue of Amazing, where Peter goes around and it's basically the apology tour, where like you know <laughs> <laughs> Harry, Gwen, and you know uh, Ned Leeds, yeah. they all decide to make night like Kane. I would have liked a little more foreshadowing with him just all of a sudden deciding to be good, but both him and Norman. And this is what annoys me about fictional media. Whenever a character whose motivations are dubious 
comes into a room, he doesn't just state his intentions. He comes, you know, to Pete, to Mary Jane and Aunt May, and it's like, what are you doing here? And I forget what he actually says, but he doesn't say, you know, I'm here to give you back your baby, or I'm here to write what's wrong. He's like, I'm going to do what I should have done. It's like, why do people do that? <laughs> just just come out and say it. It's it, And, like, you know, shows like Lost, it's like the worst example. It's, you know, just say what you're actually going to do. Stop all this runaround and making people think that you're going to kill them. And this is one of the reasons why Aunt May needs to either die or know Peter's secret, because in this issue, all she does is like, oh, I don't know what's going on here, people in masks, but okay, this is okay. You know, that stuff is... uh, uh Norman turning, I try and remember that this is a different character. This isn't the Norman that did all that stuff since, you know, 1996, but it is it is weird. I mean, I can try and justify it, and but it it is weird, kind of. Well, I think when when you have a group of people, especially in the current the current readers of comics, the current mindset with Norman Osborn is that he's just a magnificent bastard. Yeah, I like Ma- trying something different with him. That's okay, but you know, it yeah. just it, it, people. I know that's why a lot of people th- thought it seemed a little off, and I think I think that that uh, if you look at it in the context of of what time period this Norman supposedly came from. It's, yeah, it is still, I do like how this was kind of revelations, you know, the happy ending, and then, <laughs> it's like the end of like those cheesy movies where it's like, do you think we'll ever see him again? Oh, I'm sure that we haven't seen the last of the Scarlet Spider. It reminds me of like the Simpsons episode where... Sherry Bobbins, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm sure we... Next Actually, pa- it's sucked into the t- turbines of a plane. In the yeah, background. and next panel, Ben gets hit by a Mack truck. Uh, but you know I mean hey it sets up for some Ben Rally adventures and I guess it wouldn't be the 616 universe really the I don't know what universe we'd call this, but like the Clone Saga universe or something Uh, when did it start what uh, November of last year the Zack Jonah universe um (laughs) uh, what was it November 09 Uh, 01 or something I'm thinking it was October or September for some reason Uh, okay if it's September then it would be 9 909, the 909 universe. I love it. It's like a oh. Beatles universe because the Beatles have that song, the one after 909. Yeah. Number nine. Number yeah. nine. 909. So yeah. A, we're officially calling it the 909 universe. So if anybody wants to refer to the Clones like the universe is nine as universe number 909, uh, I need a, I need a quarter for every time that's mentioned. Very oh, good. <laughs> yeah, you can use it to call someone who cares. No. Oh. 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 <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it's uh, – I'll go ahead. What were you saying? I, I like that idea. The 909 is perfect. No one's, uh, it makes as much sense as 616. That's about the dumbest damn thing too. <laughs> well, yeah. it was the sixth universe of 1961, so 616. But ah, I never thought of that. I thought Alan Moore just – or not Alan Moore. Or was it Alan Moore with Captain Alan Moore had nothing to do with it. It was okay. – uh, no, no, no. Wait a minute. Who wrote the uh, Captain Britain uh, issues? I, I thought it was Alan Moore. <laughs> yeah, it's Alan Moore. He, oh, he created that in uh, Captain Britain in the UK. I think he later said that he regretted ever coming up with yeah. that like terminology or something because he didn't think that it was going to become like this official thing. Yeah, it's official. Did <laughs> <laughs> you see my Facebook status? When you yeah, read, I, know, I like that. <laughs> it's oh. Magic bitch. <laughs> now I now you're making me go on Facebook. Donovan Morgan ran. It's Donovan as- just just quoted me. <laughs> he said in the crossbase uh, uh, the latest episode I was cracking up. It was so random. <laughs> 
So rare. Okay, so where was I? Yeah, if you read Revelations, the end of the Clone Saga, it's a really dark and depressing ending, and this is... It's actually kind of, you know, we're getting a happy ending here. You know what? May's alive. We got baby May. Ben's okay. He's going off to do his own thing, which is kind of what they wanted. So it is a little bittersweet that this miniseries is wrapping up. You know, I've, I've been looking forward to it. I, Except for everybody just turning good at the end with no clear motivation or whatever. Like, you can see why Kane would turn good, but I just would have liked a little more foreshadowing there. And the whole... If they would have been more clear on what was going on with Norman, but otherwise I like this, so I'm going to give it a B plus. And we've had we've had several people review this book um, throughout. We've had Brad and Jason and uh, Brandon, you know, guys that are here like Brad, or guys that aren't here like the other two. But uh, throughout this, I think we've given everything uh, pretty consistent grades, and I'm going to I think I've given almost every one of them an A, and I want to give this one an A as well. Because I felt like it really ended on a high note. Um, Gerard's, oh, Gerard, Bertoni is right when he says this issue was kind of the mirror opposite of Revelations, the final chapter. It's really you're really in a dark place after after that after that Clone Saga. Uh, uh, I, I just um, I think the book number one was beautifully drawn. I think this had some of the uh, Todd Knock got better every issue, and I think um, yes. I think he absolutely he was he was the best fit for this series uh, by far. I don't, I can't see anybody else that could have drawn it better, um, save for maybe like John Romita Jr. or Mark Bagley. But he did a really good job. The scripting was really good. The best part about this entire series has been the quips, and I I have some of my favorite uh, my favorite quotes here. Let me pull them up right quick because I, I, the one where he, where when Norman busts in and starts attacking Harry and he says, "Well," and Peter goes, "Well, that's unexpected. I didn't see that coming." I mean, I just that just that was just hilarious to me. And my other favorite one was, um, "Man, all these clones. You, you think this thing would you think you, this would get old after dragging on for so long?" <laughs> I, I, I thought that was a, I thought I that was see what they did there. Yeah, I, I thought that was probably one of the best uh, quips that Ben had the entire series. Really, really good stuff um, from the running Scarlet joke of last issue where you should name your baby Scarlet. No, we're not naming her Scarlet. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. I like that. Um, I, I like that one. I liked um, I liked the fact that Aunt May really didn't do much. She she was kind of a background character, but she, I mean. She wasn't annoying. Uh, she wasn't, yeah, she wasn't. Oh, Maya, I don't know what you're doing here, mass person. This is all very confusing for me. It was straight out of Stanley Silver Age. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Compare no, that to I... the Aunt May from the actual Clone Saga, from issue 400, or excuse me, the Method Actress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Method Actress. What does this mean, like, flying high in the sky? Yeah. Okay, so what's this role I'm auditioning for? Well, you're going to pretend to be this person's aunt. Uh-huh. <laughs> then, then you're, then you're going to have a stroke and die. Wait, okay, wait, wait, what? Uh, wow. It has been a while since I've had something on my resume. Uh. <laughs> Let's try this out. Um, any, anyway, I wonder what they did with the body after after she... After she was alive. <laughs> Did they, like, exhume it so, like, Aunt May wouldn't be buried? Or... That's yeah, a good pro- question. No, you know, I think they... uh, J.J. Sr. tapped it. Oh, John. Oh, oh, it's like, Aunt May's, like, wondering about this hussy that's buried next to Uncle Ben. Like, no, no, no. Heck, maybe that's why they changed the tombstones. Because remember in the JMS run where they changed the tombstone? 
Oh yeah. Like yeah. all all the Parkers were buried together. Conway's like, no, I am not having Ben being buried next to that actress. Aunt May's got three graves by now next to Ben. <laughs> <laughs> she 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 they bought a family plot and she fills up half of it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well there's probably two Bens in there from that friendly neighborhood run. Oh my god. Didn't yeah. he die? Yeah, he died too. Yeah, so there's two Bens, like three Mays. There was two Bens. No, 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 no. Didn't that, wasn't that Ben the one that like got away with a gun? No, he he got. I don't know what the hell that was. That, I don't know what the that, hell happened to Uncle Ben, but there's so many. Ask ask Peter David because he's the there's only one. There's so that's many down. Uncle Bens, and there's so many things that's wrong with that sentence. Uh, there's anyway. a dude that makes rice. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's an okay. old joke. What's Spider-Man's favorite uh, rice? Uncle Ben. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then that, that's what happened. The burglar that he didn't stop, like, broke into the house and stole all their Uncle Ben rice. And he's oh, like, no. like, Uncle Ben's gone. No. Uncle Ben rice is gone. It's all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> he ate it all. No. Mary Jane, where's the Uncle Ben rice? <laughs> uh, we, reti- we, we were tired of the Mary Jane comment. You had to bring it back. You he failed. He goes into a Chinese restaurant. Just fries. <laughs> I thought we were tired the Mary Jane comment, but I guess I'm not. No, it just we we decided that we weren't going to like beat it to death. Yeah, uh, kind of like uh oh, it's magic. Anyway, that was not uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so I, the artwork was solid. The the uh, the writing was fairly good. I had that problem with the with uh, when I felt Tom DeFalco was preaching at me, but other than that. I really didn't have any any problems with the overall issue, and and um, I, I just I, I think it's I think it's um, I, I think it was a really good way to end the miniseries, a uh, really really strong miniseries. This is probably one of the best miniseries that's come out. I right, would right. say five, five years, five years probably, and it yeah. probably is in the top three best miniseries to come out in the last decade. Better than Jackpot and Anti Venom put, <laughs> put together. together. This is the best since the um, Paul Jenkins Death in the Family, but that was that wasn't a title, so I guess it doesn't count. That wasn't a miniseries. Uh, There's was, uh, yeah, Death, and, Death, Death and Destiny, Lee Weeks, and uh, oh, no, that was and the and the Return of the Green Goblin miniseries. That was that, that was good. That was the three I could think of. What ever happened to getting good writers and artists for these miniseries? I know. Let's let's give the, uh, the final. Let me let me run down the final grades of this miniseries. Then the first issue, Bertoni and I both gave it an A. On issue two, I gave it an A, and Brandon gave it an A. Bertoni gave it a C, and Gerard gave it a C. Issue number three, Zach gave it an A, which is me. Uh, Bertoni gave it a B plus. Gerard gave it an A minus, and Brandon gave it a B. Issue number four, I gave it an A. Bertoni gave it an A. Gerard gave it an A minus. Uh, Bertoni also gave it an A minus. I'm sorry. And Jason gave it an A. And then. Number five, I gave it an A, Bertoni gave it an A, Gerard gave it an A, Jason gave it an A, and Tommy gave it an A minus. So, um, with the exception of number two, the uh, uh, which got some C's, it's been pretty much A. I, I get it every single time. <laughs> so, really uh, work. Okay, um, we're gonna wrap this one up, guys. Brad, it was nice to have you have make a cameo. Hey, no problem. No problem. It was fun. I'm glad I could actually talk clone with the exception of that unlimited issue. Oh, yeah. you, you missed a whole I, I read it at 95, so that was more than 10 years ago, so I have no clue. It, it was probably asked because it was yeah, unli- it, it unlimited. Was We've already yeah, discussed we need to have you back for the maximum clonage. Uh, 
Maximum close. I'd have to reread it's it, dude. Stuck. It's stuck. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll send you. We'll... Okay. I've got them in my long boxes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Donovan, wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Breaking news. Donovan has a grade for number six. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Donovan, what do you got, buddy? Okay. Um, largely out of the, the ambiguous ending is he's still Spider-Man has been still in New York and the missing with uh, Norman and everything. I'm going to give this a. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> B. I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be generous and give this a B. I was going to give it a B minus, but I'm going to be generous and give it a B. Yeah. B? Okay. And- okay, guys. Let's fill uh, up. Um, we didn't get any voicemails this month, so or this month, this this episode. So I'm really upset. And the phone number is 206-339-5570. So leave us a voicemail, or we'll, we'll, or we'll be puppies. <laughs> or teddy bears. Or since I've kind of been on a Star Wars kick, I'll kill an Ewok. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think yeah. Brad got a little, like, turned on there. I did. Yeah, kill that damn Ewok. Nope, 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 nope. Oh, Chico. Ooh, ah, 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 Solo killed an Ewok. Ooh, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, email, to leave an email, is clonesagachronicles at gmail.com. And you can also leave comments on spider.com, spidermancrossface.com, the Facebook page of spider.com. You can leave comments everywhere, as well as the iTunes reviews. So thank you all for the ones that have written in and the ones that left voicemails in the past. Thank you, Steve Rogers, for leaving a... a uh, a text message, a email, and guys, I thank Gerard, Bertoni, and Donovan for coming on, guys. Thank you. Sure thing. And uh, as I kind of talked about in the in the hype boxes earlier in this podcast, the next episode will cover Amazing Spider-Man number four hundred two, Spectacular Spider-Man number two twenty-five, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing uh, Web of Spider-Man number one twenty-five, and Adjectiveless Spider-Man number fifty-eight. No, 59. I'm sorry, 59. And all their hollow Disney goodness. Yeah. <laughs> two, of the four, two, have, of the, the, two of the four have the hollow discs, and we'll talk more about that when we get to the episode. We have a Gwen and a Goblin, so you can bet that there's going to be a bridge scene. Exactly. Oh, I'm sure that will happen. Yeah. That, <laughs> they would never go to that well again. No, we don't. We don't. It would be, be like firing Peter Parker. It would be the second time that they've done it this Clone Saga, by the way, because they did it like early in the Ben Riley thing. And yeah. by the way, it, it's it'll be the second time, and it ain't gonna be the last. <laughs> Indeed. So, on that note, guys, we'll see you next time, and keep listening to the Clone Saga Podcast. Oh, dangles on a string, like slow spinning redemption, winding in and winding out. Caught my eye and roped me in so mesmerizing, so hypnotizing. I am captivated, I am vindicated. Okay, hold on.
Okay. Hey, we can hear you. Okay. <laughs> okay, you can hear me, and Pamela's recording. So, all that we need to happen right now is for Brandon or Donovan to get kicked off. Which I'm sure won't happen. No, because everything always goes the right way when we're recording for the first time. No, Zach, Zach says his intro's right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get disconnected. <laughs> no, that, no that, that never happens. We... Another thing, another item of news, guys, that I wanted to hit up is the uh, epic book number two. It's already been uh, solicited. Dude, didn't we talk about this? Yeah, I know, we did. We did, did we talk about that last episode? We yeah, about we that did. Time, fool. The I'm episode, sure the viewers will let us know. The episode that's on viewers. This ain't no video podcast. I, 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 should hope, I should hope not because of the way that we record. Yeah, I'm up for an eighth. Well, yeah. I, I haven't shaved. I'm, I'm my hair's all messed up from the kids all day. Oh, do not look at the man in the green uh, behind the green curtain. Yeah. this will be good for the bloopers. <laughs> I love how everyone just did bulk and skull at once. <laughs> Dude, I I saw in Target a totally uh, dragon dagger. Dude, I need to go to like the freaking store and just go check out all those. Just They're probably not, like, not the old school ones, but just like uh, the ninjas or whatever. <laughs> a press conference for the Peter Parker murder trial is being attended by... Oh my god. <laughs> Mute! <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow. We have, we have them, let's use this time. Okay. Who's going first? <laughs> Mary Jane takes out a gun she hid at their home when Peter shows up. By now, MJ has no clue what's going on, but doesn't think it's really her husband. Oh, that's right. I wrote these notes when I thought it was Peter. Fucking clone saga. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. The third, the Peter Parker that she encounters in Amazing is not her husband. I know. I, I, I realized that halfway through reading No Adjective. And I know that the wife Peter should have, like, clued me in. But, okay, the third Peter Parker all of a sudden has a Spider-Man outfit out of nowhere. Oh, he came downstairs. Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, let me let, let me pause this, because I have, I have to wrap this up and do my grades, but I really have to go to the bathroom, and I can't hold on until the end, so hold on, and then I'll wrap that up and give my grade. Uh, Zach, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not going yet. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Tom. I haven't given this off, and we'll focus on three issues yet. Um, spider side. Oh, spider Do I want to cut that out? Um, a Life of Riley Part 7. It should be... Are you, like, actually, like, looking in our Life of Riley book? No, 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 I'm sorry, I, I was flipping, I was flipping to uh, my notebooks, my notes. You're uh, handy dandy. Notebook! Okay, let's give the, give the rundown of Unlimited Spider-Man. Already just... Did you already give it to... No, he yeah. didn't! Yeah, he did, he did. Oh, wait, What? Jesus you Christ. did, like, where at the beginning, we gave the rundown. I totally forgot that, but I remember him talking about the Sinister Seven. Yeah. That was like an hour ago. <laughs> People are f***ing calling me. Hang on. Swear words out, Josh. Dude, last time I used, I, I like, used the bleep button more times than any other episode. I know, I, I was listening to it, I was like, God, we, we cussed a lot. <laughs> oh, you know, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta take a little, uh, umbrage with that, you know, because... And are not really hard swears. You yeah, can say yeah. that like network prime time. 
and television. The way I the way I picture it is like we were cussing like sailors, but really we were using language. You were beeping everything under the sun. Well, two things. Number one, that makes it funnier, and you know the and the other thing is, I mean, if it's something that I wouldn't want to say around one of the kids who I babysit, then I bleep it. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with the bleeping at all. I, I was just surprised. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, sorry. Okay, now that we've given our thoughts on Unlimited Spider-Man, we didn't give God. our thoughts. <laughs> this is like amnesia. This is amnesia. The mind wipe episode. There's gonna be an hour of bloopers. <laughs> do, 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 do. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's give our thoughts on on Unlimited Spider-Man. Ben made a pretty big sack. Hold on, Brad. Recording Bone Saga Chronicles. Douglas. Will add you when it's done. Dot 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 dot. Unless you want a cameo? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> just like bring Brad in randomly and like have him say, "I'm gonna give it an F," and then just not explain why Brad is there and confuse the. Wait, what was that? Brad talking just now? It's a dangerously good. Sure, I'll cameo. Uh huh. Okay, let me add Brad. <laughs> I'm just gonna edit out us out. This is just gonna be like random and out of nowhere. <laughs> now, Zach, if you want to pause the podcast for a second, because Sarah Palin just walked out on Leno. I see it. It's on my TV right now. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> She's conservative sexy, isn't she? Indeed. Wait, wait. She walked out on like you mean like she was in the middle. Oh, walked of the- out, walked out onto the set with Leno. She's just doing her interview right now. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like she got mad and she's like, "Oh, you bet. I'm going to get off of this and wrangle some pigs at the last." I'm going to write F on my hand and then leave. And Zach, I just thought of the last good Spider-Man miniseries, which was Spider-Man: Human Torch. Oh, oh yeah. Whatever happened to that writer? I don't know. I think he got a permanent job. Yeah. That was... Complaining on the crawl space. Oh! <laughs> oh. Yeah, we're, 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 we're going to edit that out, but yeah. Are you, are you really? Really? Screw oh, it. Are you sure? You want to? You want to? I doubt he listens. We'll put it in the bloopers. Oh, okay. So. When, when did that come out? I've never read that damn thing. It, 2005, I just looked at, so it was f- exactly five years ago. Oh. No. <laughs> I love how you were getting ready to sing It's Magic, and, and I'm like, no. <laughs> My roommate was singing that earlier today, and I was kind of freaked out.